probably go to a different link while I get. I mean, off. it doesn't really matter. I didn't. I didn't. Oh dear lord, that's scary. Oh my god, I thought it. I it's didn't think like, he was coming. What, what's the uh, what's the opposite of of Santa Claus? The the the. Oh wait. It says we're live, buddy. You got you got to kick off the intro for me because I'm uh I'm gonna hey, spread the link. This is a happy hour, man. I I don't even have an intro prepared. So hey, all right, let's do this. Welcome to the first Everything EOS annual holiday happy hour. I don't know how we're gonna do this, Zach. So I hope you have some eggnog, <laughs> a drink in hand, maybe a little rum. I'm not sure what your cup of tea is here. So add a little splash of something to it. Pack's got his beer ready to go. I love it. Some of us here, you know, we still have a little bit of time left in our day, so we're gonna live vicariously through you. Uh, as always, remember to uh, smash the like button. Join, follow, follow everything Yos uh, on YouTube. That way, you know uh, everything that's happening here. And if you have a chance and you're watching live, join in. Come on in, have a good time with us. We're here to just spread some cheer, um, bullshit, and have a good time. So, with that said, the host with the most, Mr. Zach Gall. <laughs> I, take I, it I away, get, man. Yeah, I mean, I'll just uh, set the groundwork here. We have uh, a large list of topics in front of us. Shane and I do at least. Um, we're just going to have a roundtable discussion here, big, really big roundtable discussion. You guys can't see it if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, but anyone who doesn't have their camera on, you can't see them on screen. It looks like we've got at least 12 people here on the call. Um, we encourage everyone uh, on the happy hour when you're talking, kick your camera on. Uh, if you can't, I guess we'll let that slide. Just don't be a, a D with, uh, don't, uh, you know. What was that called whenever they're doing like the homeschooling and stuff and people would just pop in the Zoom calls? Zoom bomb? We don't want there any of that. Um, all right. So I see Ramon's here. Thanks for joining. Matt, I recognize Matt. Um, let's talk about the uh, news today. So we were kind of, we, we, we had to pick a day. We said we wanted to do a happy hour. There's been kind of a negative sentiment in the air uh, the last six months. Uh, a lot of it's warranted, but not all of it. Uh, if anyone wants to complain... Uh, we're going to give everyone the opportunity to air, air out their grievances, but there's also a lot of positive things happening. Um, just today, we had the EOS IO 2.1 drop. Uh, we have yet to uh, see the new resource model drop, and we don't know if there's going to be any additional news bundled in with that. Um, so why don't we just kick it off with 2.1? I'm, I'm just... Uh, rambling here. I don't know if anyone in here has had a chance to unpack EOSIO 2.1 yet. Ramon, have you had a chance to take a look at it at all? Not really. I yeah, think Tupelo is doing good already. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, wasn't uh, Eve on here for a second. Beardy dropped off. He, he said uh, he was going to be busy today. I think he just dropped Luka. off to see his glorious Luka. face and popped off. They know name? Sort of Luca. Who's that? All right. Well, Mara. man, this this is uh yeah this isn't gonna be your typical everything EOS. This might turn into a bit of a shit show, but how, how about how about this? Zach? Um, we go back and we we go back to what you first said. There's been a lot of negative sentiment in the community. Let's get it off the chest now before everybody gets really drunk and really starts, <laughs> starts really getting what's off their chest. There's been a lot of people that that, that have been um, somewhat abusive lately uh, of, of Block One. A lot of people have a wide range of emotions. Most of them are associated primarily with 
with bag protection, right? Everybody wants to see the price of EOS go up. And uh, I think we all expected to uh, all expected to see a little bit more uh, public support based on historical actions from B1. And uh, with, you know, with the SEC issue and, and whatnot, that, that didn't quite happen like a lot of the community expected. Um, that said, uh, you know, there's not going to be any buybacks, guys. There's not going to be stock transfers. Transfer, Brendan, transfer, Brendan, transfer. Is, Brendan is not going to be um, uh, fired and replaced. Uh, there, there's been a lot of, of pointless rhetoric out there that really is, is not necessary at this point. Personally, I'm not entirely happy with B1. I've said all along that I wish they'd be a little bit more open with their communication and share. I would love to see some things that they obviously have refused to do, such as timelines and things of that nature. That said, it's a business decision. I'll respect them from that regard. So what do you think, guys? Have we been overly critical of B1? And should we just go ahead and, and as a community, try to look past that and, and, and focus on the positives and what the PBE will hopefully bring in the future, which should be some good things at some point in the, in the near future? I mean, I, I feel like uh, whenever the EOS New York team was hired by Block One, it, it was very positive. They were one of the best communicating uh, block producer teams since the Genesis block was produced. So we had these high expectations when they were brought on. But then I think there was like a little bit of a lull from the time that they made their announcement. And then they said they were going to vote. And then it just got quiet. And may, maybe uh, some of these delays are, are because of Corona or, and all, all of the crazy stuff with the pandemic. But it, it still to this day seems like um, Kevin seems a little bit muzzled. What do you think, Cheney? I, I feel like he wants to say more than he can. I, I feel like uh, Block One's a big corporation and they're just trying to protect themselves that's kind of what we've noticed being overly cautious uh, uh, there's I, I agree with you zach i think most of the team is probably muzzled but i think there's there's a reason that the pbe's in the caymans versus every other part of block one if we'll ever find out what that reason is hopefully it'll have some impact how and much your hat keeps uh popping in and out it's kind of <laughs> it's great how much different would sentiment be right now though if everything else was exactly the same but we we're pamping on eos <laughs> it'd be a completely different story everyone would be That'd talking be huge best technology be fastest different. blockchain most transactions For a sure. lot of it For does sure. have to do with price sure. but price is kind of an indicator of sentiment mm -hmm. at the same time it's kind of it's it's hard it's kind of like chicken and egg but a lot of it that's is it. just we. You always need something to look forward to, and that's where the lack of communication, I feel like, uh, yeah, has hurt. It's, this is my so my opinion. I'll kind of be the first non-host to chime in here a little bit on this Thank topic, you. but uh, I think it's two things. Like, it's not just the lack of communication, right? Which we all kind of assume is legal slash, you know, uh, anti-competition kind of strategy stuff, but uh, I think there's also you can't set up expectations and then kind of, uh, you know, not deliver on them. And I think they've done that a little bit, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a huge critic of block one. I know they're building, I know they're doing a lot of cool stuff, but like it's stuff like 
when you know Brendan Bloomer leaked <laughs> at the beginning of 2020 that like 2020 is going to be an awesome year for you know EOSIO or EOS, and uh, and then you know we're here like 15 days till the end of the month or to the end of the year, and and I think most of the community would say I, I don't know if this was EOS's year, you know I don't know if that that rang true. It's stuff like you know. Um, What's his name? Not Kevin, but uh, why am I blanking on Rick? Rick. Yeah, Rick's, you know, Rick's tweet like a month ago now or something. Get ready. Okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. And then it's like, oh, so. But even uh, Eve. And Eve Eve was saying a lot of stuff too. Exactly, exactly. And obviously, you know, we know EOS Nation's privy to a lot of stuff that most of us aren't. And so that gets us excited too. And I think think it's those things, those continual like, uh, you know, you set up an expectation and then it's like, Oh, nothing. You know, I think it's the combination of that with the lack of communication um, that I think is just hurting the sentiment. It, it's even, even those of us diehards. It's tough, though. I bet. And I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming when Rick said that, when Eve said that, that like timelines are so hard to like be concretely yeah. defined that in their mind, get ready meant like this is coming. And then something could have gotten thrown their way or pushed back. And I know that's even happened to me at different times whenever you think something's ready to go and then it gets started and stopped and with a giant company like block one i can only imagine uh that the pbe guys are probably frustrated themselves at some of this and some yeah. of the, the time yeah. frames i don't think anyone at block one would even argue that everything everything top to bottom has been taking a lot longer than any of us anticipated yeah and yeah that's frustrating I think, I mean, you know, you, we touched on this already, but I think the two, you know, big things that, you know, make me kind of want to give block one, you know, more slack is a, the regulatory stuff, right? I think we all think that, you know, that they're, whatever their deal was with the SEC, whatever they're working on, they're trying to do, you know, profi, you know, right. Programmable uh, finance and they're trying to do everything kind of by the book. And I think it does take longer. I think you guys mentioned Joe brought up some really good points, you know, about like a couple of three bills that are like in the process of, you know, being passed or being worked on that block one clearly was, uh, you know, supporting, um, you know, maybe uh, and lobbying for and put some resources into getting those bills passed. And maybe that's what was what's holding some stuff up. Um, and I think the anti-competition, not anti-competition, but I think the competitive advantage you know, reason is the other reason that I, I give them a lot of slack, because if you are building something um, that, you know, you don't want your competitors to uh, get a head start on. And this, I mean, let's face it, crypto is filled with uh, a lot of copycat projects, you know, like after, I mean, I mean, just uh, thinking of synthetics, right? How many different, like different synthetic asset protocols are there out there now, you know, or how many different EOS projects are literally just copycats of something that you know was uh, initially run on ETH. I mean, there's a lot of that going on and it goes back and forth, it's not just one direction. And I, I'm assuming that block one, you know, is holding some stuff close to the vest because they're putting so many resources into it. They don't want someone to come out with a cheaper version or, you know, an unregulated version that kind of takes the wind out of the sails when they deliver. And that's kind of what I'm banking on, but I don't know what you can see. Yeah, and when they deliver, they'll probably deliver pretty big and we'll all forget a lot of this. <laughs> I've been on a roller coaster ride, man. One day I'm most bearish as hell. I just don't know what I'm even doing. And then I, I get an inkling or a crumb of some hint of some stuff that might be coming. And I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I get all fired up again. Uh, and I'm sure it's been like that 
for almost everyone. And it's just like all the starting and stopping. Every time you see these get ready tweets, they get you all fired up again and you start speculating. And then you just wait and wait and wait. Then you feel like an idiot. Yeah. Um, let, let, I guess let's just get let everyone get this stuff off their chest, man. I think this is therapeutic to have these conversations <laughs> because it's not all bad. We, we, we'll get in there. I have a lot of good stuff to talk about, but I think, I think a lot of um, people's frustration is they feel like they're not being heard. And like we saw, uh, I, a lot of you guys probably saw like Colin on a uh, telegram or Twitter saying like, Brendan's ignoring me, but Brendan's ignoring everybody. That's why I kind of wanted to do this happy hour. Like we're having these conversations almost every day in the everything is telegram channel and other telegram channels also. But I don't, there's some people from block one that hang out in telegrams and maybe lurk. I, I, Kevin Rose is in like every channel. We know that, but as far as the rest of block one, I bet there's a better chance that you could have your voice heard airing like your grievances here than you will in telegram or yelling at them on Twitter. And that's why we wanted to do this on video too, because it's easy to uh, spin up an alternative account and bitch behind the screen name. But like, like Cheney and I, like we're not like sugarcoating our positions. Like I'm not hundred percent bullish or bearish at the moment. I, and I, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not hiding behind an alternative account. I am talking as myself. Everyone knows who I am. I've put my time and sweat equity into this. I'm, I'm not just, just doing it anonymously. And I wanted this format to be a way for everyone to kind of get whatever it is off their chest, as long as you could back it up with some good reasoning. And let's just... Uh... Yeah. So Zach, let me, let me say a few things, just to put things in perspective. Uh, I'm as disappointed on EOS... Uh, as a main net price or whatever you can say community losing interest and those kind of things i think we have talked enough about it let me go back and say what block one promised is eosio they have been delivering on eosio that's what they have been doing that's what they sold token on we can all blame them for not doing enough for mainnet and all that but uh, eosio works let me the reason i'm saying that is i'm perhaps the one of the most invested here in terms of time the money we put in, not just my money, my investors' money, like we have been raising money, developing on EOS. We have uh, done so much in the last two years. Uh, we are still sticking on because there is nothing better in terms of technology. Like if you compare the dApps we can build on EOS IO versus anything else, we, there's nothing, literally impossible to build. Uh, then when you talk about, uh, you know, block one not doing enough, <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with everybody, right? I mean, that's exactly everybody is feeling, uh, and not because they owe us, it's because the same thing that you're talking about, they talked about, uh, like, you know, doing things which they did not follow up with, uh, which I said, like, it's about building pro uh, kind of hype, you can say, or promises, and which they did not deliver on. More importantly, I think, uh, like, we have been, I've been in venture world, we do, like, we have been involved in so many different uh, money raising, funding, and so on. The disappointment with EOS VCs, I would say, is the biggest one. Not just Block One as a team, but as a like what they did with this uh, commitment that they will invest back into EOS, and uh, that did not show up. Why, if you compare today, somebody like like when we as a team, as technical team, we started looking to Paul Cardout or other stuff, is because we do see there are grants there, there are money <laughs> being given to develop. That is such a big thing to build a community which Block One missed out. There was a huge opportunity there which they did not, uh, you know, uh, follow up on. 
they made some huge investments like traditional VCs. They, the, the, the biggest problem with your VCs were they were looking like a traditional VCs. They were not like blockchain VCs. They were not like funding community. They were funding uh, potential revenues which did not play out, and they were like <laughs> racing against each other on maximum number of users and creating some records of sort, which also did not pan out. Uh, so I think that's where I would say the failures are. Um, having said that, today like I'm still happy that the EOS IO is still working. But what will you do if the community is not there? And I think that's where the biggest challenge is. Um, now another perspective is when Bitcoin came into existence, like all of us came into blockchain um, because of Bitcoin, right? In some form or other. Satoshi, nobody knows who is. Uh, he disappeared. Community still thrived. The code was there. Bitcoin was there. People adopted. Now, let me put that perspective. If EOSIO as a technology is delivering, we don't need anybody or creator of EOSIO if community still sticks around. I think there is a, this, is, this also is blame should go to community. Like we, are, we, are, we have been very critical as a community. We have been too idealist. We did not accept staking rewards, those kind of things. We started questioning everybody. There was a lot of divisions within the community. I would say that is also to be blamed, not just uh, what happened with Block One. Um, of course, means everything, if uh, Block One had delivered, if we had uh, better funding to the project, this all things would have been forgotten. But uh, I think everybody, uh, I don't know whom to blame. When we say community also failed to build on, I would say that is uh, not one person's fault. This is as a community as a whole, which uh, we did not follow through. The grants, you brought up a good point, like even with Polkadot, I shared a link in the Everything EOS channel showing all the grants that po that the Web3 Foundation has dished out over the last two years. And it's it's insane. And not all of them are going to turn a profit. And that's, I think, one of the mistakes from the early EOS VC investments. Some of them don't have anything to do with EOS. Some of them don't have anything to do with blockchain. But from a VC standpoint, maybe they're looking to turn a profit. They are a company after all, and I, I respect that about them. <coughs> but it, it was, it's almost like they didn't take any chances. Um, projects like Anchor, uh, Scatter even before that, just infrastructure projects. You look at Ethereum, and Ethereum, the blockchain is slow. It, it's inefficient, but the difference is that one, the tooling around Ethereum is so much better and who is funding all, all of the, the foundational tooling? MetaMask is funded by, by Consensus and the Ethereum Foundation. Infura, which runs the majority of the infrastructure on Ethereum for the dApps, also funded by Consensus and Ethereum Foundation. Um, th those are two of the big ones. There, there's so many other ones. There's media outlets. Um, I know like Block One did a good job of that with Voice, but Voice is still very young and maturing, but creating their own content network probably in the long term might look like a really good idea in hindsight, but it, it just takes some time. Um, but it, the difference with Ethereum and EOS right now is that even in, in Ethereum, as inefficient as some things are, the entire community is like, uh, they have hope that it's going to get better. Like they're always looking forward to the next thing. It's like, yeah, it might be slow now, but it's going to get better. And they look at ETH 2.0 and all the layer twos. And it's, it's that hope. Like you can call it hopium, you can call it whatever you want, but you have to have that positive spin and that 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 feeling in your gut that things are going to get better and you're not wasting your time. And I think the longer things have dragged on in EOS and like certain expectations that many of us had that weren't delivered on, you just don't 
you start to lose that gut feeling that everything's going to be okay. And you kind of need someone to give you a hug sometimes. And block <laughs> yeah. one hasn't been given us many hugs. And I feel no. like I need a hug. <laughs> I'd like to add something. Um, I think Pomp said it in one of his podcasts that kind of... Wait, real, real quick, Angel. Someone said it in the chat. When everyone talks, like if you haven't spoken yet or you haven't, like, why don't you kick it off with like a quick introduction? Like, like it's just a sentence on who you are. All right, sure. Uh, Angel, I'm just a random dude who found Bitcoin back in like... <laughs> 15 i made like a dogecoin mining rig to start this whole thing then i forgot all about it got back into it early 17 um and you know i'm into tech uh, i would program a little here and there so that's you're my a, a DeFi degen and a uh, blanco's uh, <laughs> yeah, millionaire blanco's millionaire he's got more oh, dude I, I brought my props too baby can you, can you put that closer to the screen so i can get a better a better mine are already claimed buddy I, I claimed all of them See? oh man um ooh, <laughs> i got the the most rare one other than the one one on its way from rob uh rob finch you guys nice. know all right so i got <laughs> yeah. i got you off topic man okay okay so, so i want to agree with ramon about eos io being the greatest which is why originally i was really excited about ethereum when it first came out 14 and they were uh, icoing i told everybody i knew about it like oh my god let's go change the world right so then eos io came out and i realized all the benefits and the techno technological upgrades to make it faster whatever so i'm a, i'm a tech person i want what's fastest to be the best or whatever but Pomp said something in his podcast the other day, and it's like first mover advantage sometimes allows you the time to upgrade. And the lack of community gathering created by B1, I blame them for not like engaging more and creating a more uh, happy community. Cause I feel like <laughs> everyone's gripe with EOS is that there's a, a broken up, terrible community for some reason. But for me, it's like B1 is giving all other blockchains and the lack of pumping in the price and, and the lack of support to the community and the funding and all of this is giving other companies the ability to actually upgrade, catch up. So while people are forgetting about EOS, other companies are improving, improving, improving. And two, three years from now, they might be just as good. And like, who knows? So it's like, that's my only gripe with it. I've never been like bearish on EOS because it's still far above anything else that I, I know about um, that actually has a bunch of dApps out there. But that's all I wanted to mention is like, we're giving other blockchains that are, are slower and lesser technologically advanced are, are giving them an opportunity to upgrade over the next two, three years while EOS is still like stable coin, you know? And, and we're seeing teams has run out of runway. How, how long, it, it, I think we all felt the magic back in 2018. Like leading up to the mainnet launch, there was some like real magic like in the EOS community and we all felt it. I, I feel like if you weren't there for that, you wouldn't still be here right now because it's like that nostalgia of like what you, you felt whenever things were new and exciting and the hackathons were going on. And it's almost like we all crave for that feeling to come back and we want it to come back, but we, we kind of need some help. Uh, and it, I don't know if it's what about the What about the FUD funding? Is this a real thing? Like what FUD funding? Has there been like evidence that certain other groups or you know foundations have been funding some FUD so that people stay away from EOS? I mean, they don't. This could just be rumors. I don't know about FUD campaigns, but it like this show, like everything EOS is completely voluntary. Like Cypherglass well, sponsored I, I, it last year. I think year. he's pointing to there. There are some uh, articles out. by some 
yeah. <laughs> websites that are certainly slanted. And, and if you look at who, but you got to counter those. that. You you can't fight all fud. It's you're gonna you're gonna die trying. For sure, for sure. You're, you need to fight it with positive news and sentiment, and create your own machine. Yeah, uh, your own like community. That's what that is exactly what the community yeah. is for. Even I think uh, say Bitcoin maximalist fud Ethereum also right. Means that that's not new <laughs> in blockchain community. Uh, the FUD is, has been there yeah, since the day yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, I don't think that that can be blamed. Like a lot yeah. of people, a lot, lot of original Bitcoin maximalists just, uh, even today after Ethereum has proven itself, it's still blaming them for, oh, you are crap. And you know, Bitcoin is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's FUD, FUD, shilling, you know, pump and dump. The most. These are all like characteristics of like of blockchain space and you're not going to avoid that. I don't think, I don't think there's a ton of value in um you know, in that, but I think the big, you know, just the, the point that I want to make is like, it's the developers, right? I mean, that's, that's where at the end of the day, that's where the buck stops is attracting developers to build on your platform, regardless of how good or bad your technology is. And I don't know if it was expectations that we all had back in 2018, you know, or even 2019, you know, I, we, you know, I helped organize the EOS world expo event you know, in 2019. And there was all these great like little projects that were startups that, you know, a lot of them have gone under now, you know, I mean, this is a year and a half later, right? And uh, none of them, some of them didn't get funding. Some of them just the the traction never got there for EOS as a mainnet, you know, and so their projects didn't, uh, you know, get a spotlight. Um, But it's kind of sad to see that and, and maybe block one's you know, uh, plan changed over time. And originally they were ready, you know, in 2018 for, you know, uh, startups to come out and like, you know, and um, pitch to the, to the uh, venture, you know, venture funds that they funded or whatever. And, and then their, their ideas changed. And they said, you know what, we're going to wait and really come out with, you know, a bunch more stuff that's pro-regulatory. Okay. So in I think I see the comments in the chat and let me add to that. I don't know why we are talking in past tense. I don't know why we are talking in as if it's done and dusted. Uh, the fact, the fact is, the fact is, as I said, we are like our team at like in you know, a Blockstar and whatever companies we are working on. Our team has been has grown four times in the last two years working on ESIO. I know I've been talking to so many different people. If you talk to Malta Block and you know Michael, he just finished Patreon competitor right now on ESIO. When I talk to Eosphere, those guys are working with so many different companies in Australia. I'm talking about global different places, teams who are expanding, working, delivering products right now on Eosio. Uh, and you know what? I, I am so engaged, and I used to be at least till last year. Again, I'm at the fault because we started building, and I'm not as engaged with the you know, day-to-day in community. It's very difficult to catch up. But the fact is, when I started talking to these people last month, and I said, okay, let's reach out to each other. What you guys are doing? And I learned that everybody, every developer out there, which I used to, to be connected to, they're still developing. EOSIO is still growing in terms of the apps. The people have a lot of hope in, and these are all real world, real world applications. These are not your typical crypto stuff. This is real world application using EOSIO or EOS main net directly. So it's not that like, and I, I can say from a personal experience, like I have, we are all complaining and all these things. And let me change the mood and say like, we are developing more than ever. We are like, you know, and we are getting a lot more interest uh, in terms of development on EOS. So it's nothing to do with the uh, kind of that EOS is in the past. It's actually growing. Mm-hmm. The ch- challenge is 
we don't have i think the community and the like community sentiment and investor see eos token is a speculator thing speculation thing it's not a it's not a reality right means all of these things everything is a ponzi in um, in crypto world like there is no real utility if you put the same metrics as a, as we say value in stock market or something uh, these tokens are way overpriced everything including bitcoin or anything everything is a, a based on community and you know how much you're talking about and how much you're hyping it uh so the question is yes community is very very disappointed very very visible that's reflecting into token price i think we have lost a lot of interest because of some big news items which uh, i think it's again <laughs> we can keep blaming block one for it <laughs> but it's about uh, there was too much hype that did not uh, like there was no follow up and suddenly the uh, kind of interest started dying but developers i think maybe 10% 20% have dropped out some of them have actually started developing on wax on telos and a l- lot of other blockchains like we have uh, this proton there are so many eosio versions which are now there are still good developers who are developing on it the question is do we have time to follow up if the if the token price is not going up community is losing interest i think we have lost interest in tracking if we can build a community around it and we see the real products being developed and used um eos is way ahead right now the fact well then, now, i mean i guess we... the, i guess the point is the point is are we failing to do that as a community right as like as some of the most engaged eos community members who are showing up for you know this everything eos happy hour right like we should be sharing stuff about what is eosphere working on you know tell us about the organic products that you know you're working on with that company what we we need to, maybe we need to be talking about those things those projects more because i think that's where some of this uh you know despair comes from or like the sentiment in the community down because we're either not hearing about those projects or we're seeing stuff like you know someone shared on the everything eos telegram channel the other day this like a uh, super in-depth research report on like the developer communities in blockchain in general it was like a 130 slide you know report and in that like if you go through like all the way through where it's talking about the different blockchains and you look at the one uh, for development on different layer ones like everything like has more developers you know or everything is either in line with the developer growth or has more developers like polkadot and zilliqa and some of these other like layer ones that they did than they did pri- previously except for eos eos is like an outlier on that graph to the low side right and that either means a their data and their report is wrong because what we're saying is that there's stuff going on behind the sidelines or b you know uh it's accurate and there is like some part of the developer community in eos that is going down and not up and like i said maybe that's a failure so, to, share, say, to share with each other to share with each other yes. right that, that there are these projects that there is stuff going on i think we all need a little bit of that hope you know and not just to be you know like on the sidelines or quietly being worked on in the background i think people need to see that and we need to kind of shout it from the rooftops if if it's happening yeah. right so i think layer 1 development like the eosio is uh, completely centralized in eos right and that is one thing we need to understand block 1 delivers and everybody like you know just has to use it so you can't cannot see anything there is nothing public there is nothing happening uh can everybody mute please whoever is not talking uh yeah so i think it's not like uh, eosio is uh, not going to be visible uh, visibly developed because i don't know anybody who's contributing to eosio now the question is uh, in terms of developers means we when we develop a lot of projects they don't want to be developing publicly they are developing in uh you know their own source code the dapps are not going to share code publicly so nobody can track that so i don't think 
it's fair to say that uh, EOS development is at a you know lesser level than others. But yes, the way they have built the open source communities, we should appreciate that. Ethereum is great. Polkadot is doing very well. And that's what is lacking in EOS. EOS is not an open source community, unfortunately. Uh, EOS is a, a Google model where like Google delivers, uh, develops Android and gives it to phone developers and they go and implement it. That's what Block One is doing. They are doing EOS IU and saying, and now it's available for you. It's a great platform and we are improving the quality. Uh, open source is tough. Like if, you, if everybody's contributing, openly and building layer one, it's not easy. And that is visible in Ethereum. Look at Ethereum, how slow it moves. Uh, why block one is efficient in delivering great code? Because uh, they are not doing open source development. They are open sourcing the code which they developed. That, that is not same as developing in open source. You need to understand the difference. It's not being developed, sorry. It's not being developed as open source. It's being developed, it's being uh, like, you know, shared later on. So it's, it's centralized development. So you cannot compare the same metrics. You cannot compare the Fair open enough. source. I, mean, I think that, that I'll take that point. I'll consider that. And sorry, I'm going to be like the devil's advocate in all this because I think it's important to kind of voice like what the community is feeling and stuff. But so to that point, okay, let's let's go back to the the foundation. You know that that Zach mentioned. I mean, if you're comparing Ethereum and EOS, right? You, Ethereum clearly has had a foundation that has funded so many tools and projects built on it. And if you look at the EOS community, I mean, we were talking about a foundation for a long time, right? You had people like Kevin Rose, who was like at the forefront of that or so, you know, I thought, but then block one goes and absorbs EOS nation, right? And Kevin, and all of a sudden- No, like, no, not EOS nation. EOS New York. But I mean, they get absorbed and then it's like, okay, well now the foundation is like behind this black curtain now, you know, or the progress towards the foundation. And, and I think that that's, you know, one of the things that community members have been pointing out too is again that like, how do you develop on an open source or on a platform when there is a, a, a black veil as to behind like the timeline for updates? What is B1 working on? I don't want to compete with what they're working on. I mean, I think that those are real challenges. Right? I think if anything, we can go back to and go back to 2018, like I was talking about earlier. There, there was discussion of a WPS before the Genesis block was even produced. Everyone had this expectation that the network would have a way to sustain <laughs> itself for like core infrastructure and just like uh, maybe like a security auditing team, like just different things that you need to, to, to make this uh, project grow into kind of what we all had expectations for. But we burned it. We burned the WPS funds twice. And at least one of those times was because of basically block one saying that they weren't going to, going to support it or they, they, they I, I forget the exact terminology they used in, in their blog post or whatever of why they didn't agree with a WPS. I think it might've even been Brendan saying their reasoning why, and he did it in telegram, which they used to do. They used to communicate with us in telegram, which was great. And then like we, we burned the WPS uh, with expectations that maybe they had a better idea. And I, I think that's always been the expectations is, okay, we'll, we'll do like what, what we're told. And hopefully there, there's a plan in place that's, that's going to be better than or the original idea with the WPS. And then time and time again, that gets scrapped. And it doesn't matter what we've called it, the commons fund, the WPS, whatever, even at the beginning of this year, uh, EOS nation and attic lab built all the code for a foundation and literally all of the block producers, they had 15 out of 21 of the mainnet block producers, and this is all on chain. They all had the WPS ready to launch with a funding source and everything. The MSIG just needed executed and it would have been live. 
but it didn't go live. And I don't know exactly what happened, but I would assume that there were probably discussions offline of maybe like wait and see, just give us a little bit more time. We just announced PBE. And even in the initial PBE uh, announcement blog article, they mentioned in EOS Foundation, which once again, kind of like gave us a little bit of hope that this would be coming. And maybe it is because of Corona that that took forever because they all had to move to the Caymans and all that stuff. Um, but I think that's part of it is there's just no funding mechanism. You look at some, even your average Ethereum ICO that's launched in the last couple of years, they've raised like 30 to $50 million, let's say. I don't think that 30 to $50 million, core code aside, core code is amazing. Technology is great, but I don't think we've seen... It, 30 to $50 million invested in the EOS mainnet specifically in the other aspects outside of the core code, which is freaking amazing. And I could talk about other great things too: the developer training courses that have come out, the constant code updates that have come out, the built on EOS IO, we talk about spotlighting different projects. They do do good things, but we're lacking a foundation. We're lacking communication. And I'll yeah. I mean, so sorry, if I'm talking too much, somebody shut up, but like, so one of my good friends, he's like a huge person in the Tezos community, right? He's a, he's just a, like a gung-ho Tezos guy. And I think Tezos has a lot of potential. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not by any means like an EOS maximalist, but I just think there's so much potential. And one of the things that's been interesting to watch as he, you know, as that community develops is, um, you know, like this was just maybe a couple months ago. I didn't realize how far ahead EOS and EOS IO is <laughs> from like Tezos and some of these other blockchains until like, uh, he was transferring to me like a token that wasn't Tezos on the Tezos blockchain and like the wallet, the most common wallet, which was like Tezbox at the time. And then it was Galleon. Like it couldn't see a non Tezos token. And I was like, that's such a basic function of a blockchain. You know, like we've had, you know, shit coins on EOS from like, like, like since the beginning, you know, and airdrops and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's such so fundamental a thing for a blockchain. And like, people didn't realize that Tezos, you know, wasn't even really there. Like that was three months ago. Now they, now they have a few other tokens on there. Like, you know, a we're stable spoiled, man. EOS, we're, we're EOS spoiled. and EOSIO do some things amazing. Go use right, a block right. explorer on so any other blockchain. Ahead. Yeah. I didn't really understand like how to use a block explorer until EOS because blocks are so slow on Bitcoin and even Ethereum that like, you know, you go back and check too. it the next day and it's not real time, but in EOS, it's like real time. You can see what's happening. But long story short is one of the differences that I saw in the Tezos community is they have the Tezos Commonwealth Foundation or whatever, right? And they're funding a lot of devs. You know, they have their own war chest and it's a more open kind of uh, collaboration between like that Commonwealth fund and the developers. And I think, you know, I'm not pointing fingers, but I think it's fair to like point out, you know, flaws. And I think that what you were just saying, like with block one kind of like dipping their toes into the community and then dipping it out again, you know, like whether it's regard to like the creation of a foundation or the creation of a WPS, like, oh yeah, eh, no, don't do that yet because we went, eh, you know, and then like, we're always like, wait, is this happening or not? What's going on? So it's not like they have been you know, totally hands off this whole time. And they've been kind of dropping these crumbs or, in, or, or not interfering, but like being involved in ways that, you know, using their clout, their power. Yeah, and, I, uh, and uh, I think we'll see it guys. Uh, you know, Joe mentioned in Telegram uh, a while back that, that uh, and recently here that, that, you know, the reason they probably moved to the Caymans is, is so they could have a little bit more hands-on approach trying to make sure that the, 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 uh, 
$4 billion is secured and not subject to any recapture or any fines, additional fines from the SEC because they'd be investing back into a, a project. Um, the Caymans will help with that, hopefully. Uh, we saw Brendan point out there in Twitter that they were bringing back in the, uh, what do you say, uh, to date investments have been managed by third party you know, talking about uh, the EOSVC, and we're transitioning to a direct investment strategy going forward. And we haven't seen any EOSVC announcements since that time. So I'm guessing that uh, part of that funds will be, will be hopefully managed and allocated to a, to a foundation in the future. So, guys, I give you your hopium. It, it's probably coming. Uh, we know that 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 uh, EOS New York didn't just uproot, and B1 didn't pay to move uh, those guys uh, across the world just on a whim. They picked it for a reason. Something's going to happen in the future. I agree with you. It would be great if they would just be transparent and tell everybody, um, Zach, not just the few baby BPs and whoever else is there, hey, stand down, don't do the, w, the, the, the WPS, we got this going on, uh, and be transparent with the community. Uh, but hopefully they'll, they'll be able to make that clear uh, sometime in the future. So not, not to switch gears here, guys, but no, we spent I, I think we need, need to minutes. be positive. Yeah, yeah I, I we, agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, I'll be, I'll be positive for now. I, I think the, the P the P uh, token network and the stuff that EOS Finex is doing, like, I think that kind of went under the radar a little bit, but bringing, you know, 18 of the most, you know, traded uh, ERC-20 tokens, like DeFi tokens on Ethereum onto EOS and and giving them the, the liquidity backing that only uh, an exchange like Bitfinex can do is huge. I think that's like ginormous and a huge step forward to like, you know, creating EOS as, you know, a um, like a layer two solution almost, you know, or like a, a, a you know. A, I've, a, I've been accumulating some PBTC here lately. Yeah, buddy. That, that's something funny is I, I have some friends that have completely capitulated out of EOS. And it's funny because they, they still like they switched into Bitcoin, but they're holding it as PBTC in their EOS wallets, even though they're like, I gave up on EOS, man, as an investment. But I, I love EOS IO <laughs> because like we said, it's so much better. You can't go to another project once once you yeah. Used EOS and EOSIO. It's hilarious. So we've uh, a crypto writer. We I mentioned this before that uh, we have a bunch of writers now. We got like forty writers across multiple multiple platforms, and it's good for me because I'm pretty much an EOS maxi too too much to a certain extent. Uh, but it's good for me to get that exposure. But likewise, uh, some of these other guys that have have not really experienced EOS before are reading all the other articles that our writers are putting out. And uh, some of those writers are actually getting into EOS and they are just blown away with, with how fast it is, how easy it is. Okay. We have friction. It's hard to create a onboarding is a problem. Onboarding is a bitch. But once you get past that point uh, it's, it's amazing compared to every other chain they've ever used. So we got some good things going on. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, anyone that's doing any like DeFi farming and stuff like that, like (laughs) Ethereum, like, Daily, it's, I get it daily. It's amazing on it my EOS. I don't so do it there. infinitely easier on EOS. You know, like I've spent, I spent like over six grand on transaction fees in in the lifetime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully Seriously. you you got a got a lot of uh, a lot of the airdrop, um, a lot of accounts, <laughs> not just one account. 
Um, I've brought more than like 15 like friends of mine onto EOS just to like play poker on dice like a little while back. And every single one of them was mind blown by the yeah. speed and the ease of use. That's you know, going to be positive about though. Like as, Absolutely. As, as negative as the first 30 minutes or so of this was, it's like in a heartbeat, <laughs> you add some communication, you add like a crowdfunding platform or some, some way to get grants or, or some sort of like an investment capital going. And in a heartbeat, things could turn around. <laughs> I, I feel like, I, I hope like we'll see that sooner rather than later, but I have no doubt that this whole ship could be completely turned around in a heartbeat based yeah, on, uh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, sorry, yeah. So I think add one more thing to that is, uh, focus on projects, like showcase more projects, not the big projects, not the VC funded projects, not the one which have professional teams, but the community developed projects, which are totally getting ignored, which are like, uh, which are done by small teams uh, across the world. I hope that, uh, I was hoping that when US New York kind of teams joined, they would be much more hands-on looking into what community is doing. Uh, but I think that's what block one is very easily ignoring. And again, all of us are still relying on them. <laughs> I would say community can do very well the same thing. We don't need block one. We can simply go and start creating more, <laughs> you know, uh, focus on them. But yeah, that is what I think is biggest thing missing. Not just like communication for block one, but within the community, the communication is missing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. I think um, you know this summer we saw some really cool projects emerge, and I think the community. You know, obviously, like uh, uh, rallied around some of them, but I think that some of them kind of went under the radar a little bit too. Like, so DeFi Box was, you know, this um, tremendously uh, amazing application developed by, you know, what looks like a Chinese developer team that's somehow related to Nudex. And I mean, that's a game changer, and it puts stuff like Uniswap and SushiSwap, I mean, to shame just because it's, you know, running on a chain with the power of EOSIO. And then you have um, you know, other community supported projects or created projects like several DAOs, like the VIG, you know, VIG is a really cool project with its own DAC, the uh, DAP account DAO project It's uh, such a badass project. And that's kind of gone uh, under the radar to some degree. And I think that the, you know, there's just the, 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 the potential is there, the sky's the limit as far as like what, and that dev team has been delivering like crazy as well. So, um, so there's really a lot of cool projects that I think we need to kind of tout amongst each other and, and bring friends in on as well. I'm going to share my <laughs> screen here. Uh, this guy, Dogman, he, he shared something in the Everything EOS Telegram channel not too long ago. And it was one of the most positive like outlooks. It was one of those days where everyone was kind of pouty and negative. And then he came in and just dropped this message. I'm not going to read it verbatim, but it's on screen. And he basically said, if I compare EOS today to six months ago, like look at how much has been built. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to read it, but like you mentioned DeFi box, we've got the EFI with like the dolphin swaps. We've got DeFi's network with the DFS proxy that it had like 50 million, 62 million, 62 million EOS in it. We've got EOS Finex that's tapping into the Bitfinex liquidity. We've got P tokens that are bringing Bitcoin and Ethereum and YFI and all these other tokens to EOS. We've got DAP account DAO that's about to bring Ethereum, DeFi and USDC to EOS and all kinds of new crazy opportunities that I drumming up and thinking about. And uh, I'm not even going to get into that here. Like so much. Uh, let's just look at his notes. Um, oh, we got the flash loan. So uh, I did an interview with EOS Nation, BSN and Diffuse last week. 
and Eve dropped the news on this new flash loan stuff that they just got their code audited for. So literally you could like to add efficiencies. Like if you look at Ethereum and the arbitrage that happens there, sometimes with a flash loan, you could borrow a million dollars and buy, buy a stable coin from one exchange and sell it for like a fraction of a penny profit, but come out way ahead using someone else's money all in a single transaction. But to, to make money on Ethereum doing those kinds of like arbitrage, it, you have to be able to profit more than like five or ten dollars at least probably a lot more on a complex transaction like that probably like 20 bucks so your your opportunities for arbitrage are just tiny if you look at these automated like arbitrage bots that are if you look at nudex and look at all the transactions going on you always see like uh, the gravy train guys the eos nation arbitragers independence all, I, there's all these account names that you always see and they're constantly doing these arbitrages to make like less than one EOS profit. They're doing it to make one EOS profit. And all of this stuff is going to be amplified once we have uh, more people utilizing the flash loan systems and things like that. And I think the foundations are here. Like we really just need capital and liquidity on EOS, but all of the groundwork is laid. There's so many tools that have been built in the last year that weren't around last year. Um, have you guys seen the um, the EOS X? Like a lot of us use um, blocks IO for our main uh, portal into like a uh, block block explorer but i've been actually using uh eos x a little bit more they've got this DeFi portal here it's sweet so if anyone hasn't seen this check it out basically it has every uh eos DeFi project in it it lets you know if it's audited msig you can learn more about them uh you can even claim them if it's your project um and EOS Nation just added their new vault to it. There's not a lot of information here, but uh, basically you can fund, this vault basically funds uh, flash loans. So the more people putting EOS into the vault, the bigger the flash loans can become. Eventually you'll be able to take a flash loan out for like a million dollars if there's enough EOS in there. And all of this stuff is just exciting to me and I'll, I'll stop rambling and let someone yeah, else and, talk. Yeah, and Ramon or anybody else, if you see some some good um, EOS projects out there that you want to get a little bit more exposure, let let, let Kenny or Sean or, or me know at EOS Rider and we'll we'll let our writers know. And if, if they have the time to pick up uh, pick up the article, you know we'll we'll throw throw some some content their way uh, i don't think the community's trying to ignore these 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 smaller projects it's just that there is a lot going on and it's really hard with so much going on and so many projects to follow everything i mean uh, most of you guys are in the everything use telegram channel and 20 30 50 other uh, use related telegram channels so you know you know there's a lot going on it's just it's just hard to put it in one place uh let's take a moment man let's go around the room and just let everyone talk about like like don't go into crazy show mode but everyone could have like a minute to just talk about some cool stuff that's been built blancos on eos is this happening i think rudy said it was like two months ago or three months ago so is this not happening no, rudy, rudy said it was like a, a year <laughs> and a half times. ago that was blancos so was, uh, is two amazing. summers ago I thought... yeah that was like two summers ago so. <laughs> We we it's haven't we haven't been told otherwise. We just don't know to what extent, right? Yeah, yeah. Same thing with voice. We we haven't been told otherwise. We just don't know to what extent. So give it some more time. Blanco's had over a hundred thousand registrations. Um, created, and, there's like and they over raised sixteen thousand in the Discord channel. Yeah, let me see what Job has said. How much they raised? He put something out there. Hey, I, I mean, also did the math for the founders packs, and it yeah. was like like. Two uh, one point like two something million dollars. 
Yeah, he just the there. a lot. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's funny because you know we we talk about how like the small scale of like blockchain you know products and blockchain games and stuff like that. I mean this was like this blows everything that's ever any game that's ever been like you know run on a blockchain out of the water. And obviously it's not like on a blockchain right now, but you know or it's on its private chain right now. But I mean like if that hooks into the main net at some point or even if it's own EOS IO private chain, I mean that just it just changed the scale you know uh in, in a, in a uh, an order of magnitude that we've never seen before for any kind of blockchain game and that's awesome for full uh disclosure this is gonna sound ridiculous i spent over <laughs> 17 grand on blancos <laughs> there oh my is. goodness there it is and and how many of those people were willing to take EOS compared to Ethereum? It's I, I've none of them. This. I, I bought two of them from Bonds Manifest, but those were like lower grade um, Blancos, and no one else wanted EOS. They were like, "No, just Ethereum, please." Wow. So I was gonna try to show you there. I couldn't get it to pull up right. Uh, we did. Um, uh, he said over over a million dollars, and and like just from the. Um, from the big one alone, the uh, the Dino boss, Dino half half a million bucks just from that wow. one NFT. Yeah, yeah, they uh, sold out. They sold out, they sold out of that one for some reason. Yeah, I couldn't get it. I I couldn't get it pulled up. Oh, anyway, I'll get it later. Um. So what? What 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 are you guys' expectations? Like, whenever everyone is like, um, when when's voice coming to the main net or? When's Blanco is coming to the main? Like, what, what, what's the actual expectations here? Because I, it doesn't make sense to put a full application on the main net. And I just kind of want to know what everyone's expectations are for whenever, like, we have an integration with the main net. Like, what does that look like for you guys? Like, what, how, how much integration is going to be enough? Is, is it just the token, or, or do you want the entire app on the main net? Because I don't think that's realistic. Like, what is everyone's expectations when we talk about these games like Blanco's on main net? Like, what are we expecting? They said spring was when the market was going to open. So I assume that if the market opens, it's only trading on a blockchain, but I don't know if that's going to be EOS. But spring 2021, the market in the game is suspected to open for trading um, the actual NFTs, the Blancos themselves. But, you know, I'm hoping that it's on EOS. I don't, and, I don't and know. What, what didn't they say that they thought that, that even the Blancos bucks would, would, would fluctuate like the value of, of what the bucks would be. And I don't, I don't know, I guess I know how that's going to happen. If, um, if Aren't they're they selling coins? those. Yeah. It's like dollar. It's like $10 per thousand right now. It is. But yeah. I really, I swear I saw them say something about, about that might fluctuate. Oh snap. I need to be buying up some Blancos bucks. Then. <laughs> that's interesting. Oh, <laughs> this is a moolah. There's another currency in the game. So there's two currencies. In the Maybe game. that was it. Maybe it was the moolah that, that would, would um, be transferable as well. I don't um, know. I mean, I'm realistic, Zach. I, I kind of anticipate that it's probably something like voice is probably going to run, uh, continue to run on its own, like private EOSIO chain and then like send hashes or whatever it Absolutely. is to connect it to the mainnet. So that's still like verifiable and recorded on the mainnet. Um, I think it's just going to be interesting to see like how like the tokens, you know, uh, how that works out. Like what are voice tokens going to look like and uh, how are they going to be transferable? Uh, can you hold them on an EOS mainnet account, right? Does that tether back somehow? Or is it always going to be a token on its own chain? Um, it's, it's, uh, 
Sorry, and uh, it makes sense for like any token or any tradable activity to happen on mainnet. Otherwise, how would you bring in liquidity? Like right now, whatever you say about EOS, EOS still has is bringing liquidity. Like EOS is one of the most traded token on Coinbase or anybody. Most of these exchanges, uh, you can easily connect to dollars using USDC and so on. You can uh, now we have TBTC, Bitcoin liquidity, Ethereum liquidity, all those things, and more and more bridges being built. The thing is uh, that it will be actually make economic sense for them. If you are developing Blancos or any other, like even Voice, like I don't know if uh, Blockcoin has any plans to bring Voice <laughs> to be a tradable token openly. Uh, but if that is going to happen, I think that's what mainnet can bring uh, in terms of liquidity. It's, there's, it's very difficult as a private chain to get listed anywhere to get them tradable. Yeah, someone tweeted something about uh, what if voice tokens were somehow like, you know, a fraction of like PBTC or something like that, you know, on, on mainnet. And I, and I think I replies with like, yeah, VBTC would be awesome. You know, it's like <laughs> one Satoshi per voice. But how awesome would that be? Something like that, the liquidity that you have with Bitcoin, you know, uh, in voice tokens. I have no doubt you'll be able to trade your voice tokens for four PBTC at some point in the future, but I, I doubt that they're going to. They, they, the, the voice token will fluctuate. They're not going to guarantee any value for it. Hate to hate to break, burst your bubble there, guys. Well, what about yeah, let's the, talk uh, about Blancos then? Uh, at least. <laughs> what's everyone's expectations for the one thing I think we've been waiting for since um, Dan used to call it BitShares like 3.0 or 4.0, the, the DEX or the FinCEN product or whatever we want to call it at this point. I think it, it sounds like an exchange for the most part from everything that's been made public. Like what's everyone's expectations for this financial services product? When Cheney and I interviewed Dan Larimer, I think he expect he hoped for it to be done by the end of the year. I am under the impression, unless it's a Christmas miracle, I don't think it'll come out by the end of the year. Um, I would like to get more information on it by the end of the year. That'd be great. I'd be satisfied with that. But what is everyone's expectations with that? And do you think it will drive value back to the mainnet in some way? Why why EOSFinex is not the same? What what can you expect more than what EOSFinex is trying to do? No, but that's my, um, I would love to know from people more knowledgeable here what it could be, because I can't even imagine really what it could be, this financial product from B1. Can somebody elaborate a little bit more on speculation as to like, in detail what it may be? Because I have no <laughs> so idea. I, I don't have the exact. Dex? It's not going to be just a DEX, is it? I think it's an automated market maker of some sort based on, um, I did like a little three minute video clip of Brendan Bloomer uh, in an interview with Raul, Raul Pal. And it, he was talking about driving the incentives from like, the, I don't know his exact words, but it almost sounded like he was describing liquidity providers being incentivized for incentivized for like adding liquidity. And just like we talk about with DeFi with like earning trading fees. Yeah. So that's one of my expectations is at, at minimum, that would be a difference between, and this is just speculation, but between EOS, Finex and, and Block One's product is I think, that there will be some sort of DeFi components to it. And they are calling it ProFi, which my assumption is it's more regulated, uh, probably all KYC, I'm sure. Um, and getting institutional access to DeFi. So we see these people like Michael Saylor and all these other institutions and, and publicly traded companies buying up Bitcoin. But are they really able to put that Bitcoin to work for them? Like, where what, what could they do with that Bitcoin to continue to gain returns? Like, and I, I, I hope 
that what they're building is a financial product that could potentially add billions of dollars of liquidity through these institutional investors and give them a place to park their capital, uh, take out loans against their capital, borrow whatever shit coins they want, even hopefully EOS, uh, and put their capital to work through the, these profi products. And um, I, I don't remember where it was said, but it sounded like the profi stuff is going to be more than one product. But the only product I know of is the uh, the block one financial services product that's kind of been half made public. So it seems like they're trying to build an ecosystem around this profile stuff. But well, what I don't, I don't remember where I saw it now. I remember that, that we, we talked a lot in, in everything you've channeled a bunch of us uh, and some other channels that it was going to be a tax compliant, you know, anything that B1 does is going to be KYC and going to be tax compliant. Uh, but I, I also saw something or remember something from the, the SEC agreement about IPOs, and I wonder if they're going to provide a, a, a part of their profile is is to provide tax compliant and regulatory compliant uh, public offering services for um, companies uh, or projects to launch IPOs within a, a, a regulated platform, hopefully connected to EOS. I, I mean, I, I have... Uh, you know, big expectations. Uh, and I always have had big, big expectations when it comes to block one and what they can deliver. Uh, I think people forget that Dan Larimer was, you know, founder of BitShares, which is the first DEX. I mean, years, years ahead of uh, this DeFi summer that we just had and people talking about DEXs and even knowing what, you know, really what DEXs were, which has really kind of just come to light in the last maybe year, year and a half, right? Two years at the most. And then uh, you forget that that like the first you know I don't know if if, uh, if BitUSD was like the first stable coin but it's like the earliest stable coins was on BitShares, mm -hmm. Maker you know Maker DAO that whole phenomenon came out of BitShares and people don't realize that there was someone in the BitShares community was like oh this is cool I think I can spin off this and that's where Maker DAO came from on Ethereum and so that's like the earliest you know DeFi you know arguably and then. Uh, AMMs, right, which have like blown up recently, right? Um, and people didn't even know what an AMM was like, you know, a year ago, year and a half ago. I mean, that was the Bancor team that came up with the first AMM. And the Bancor team has been working with, you know, Block One and EOSIO for a while now, right? The Bancor algorithm is, is built into the RAM, you know, pricing on uh, EOS and EOSIO. And so uh, there's a lot of like, foundational elements to all of programmatic finance or DeFi or whatever you want to call it that has its roots, you know, with either Dan Larimer or Block One. And so, uh, you know, I'm expecting, you know, something awesome. Again, maybe it's just I'm one of these diehard EOS community members who has huge expectations <laughs> and, and maybe I'm setting myself up for the fall. <laughs> what the details are, I don't know, but I'm definitely expecting something, you know, pretty cool to be launched here. Let's not doesn't forget. That, doesn't that come to the whole problem that, that we have in that we don't know the answer to that? We've talked yeah. about DAD, we've talked about ESFinX, and we talk about DAP and uh, what else have we got? EOS Nation's uh, new... Um, uh, flash loans, loans etc and we have no idea whether any of that uh, works <laughs> with is undermined by competes with what block one will come with possibly by christmas and, yeah. and for me that that's that's the trouble i you, I, I work and i su support financially as far as i can these these projects but i have no idea what the direction of eos actually is 
So that's why people want to roadmaps from block one so that they know what to build because they don't want to get dethroned by any block one product. And that goes all the way. Go ahead. No, I don't agree with that approach though. I mean, I've been again saying many times people who say block one should tell me so that I don't build it. Why can't you build better than block one? Like, come on, man. This is block this is one's not the best at everything, and it, it has nothing to do with financial resources. And they've shown it, right? They have shown it with voice. We are very voice. They were supposed to compete with Facebook. Come on, let's be critical of them. Like, we are all saying voice is great, like, they're going to do something great. I, I hope and I definitely want it to do great, but it's not Facebook. Let's accept it. It's a blog, it's going to be like it's a it's nowhere near social as anything else can be. Let's call it what it is. Let's, I, I love yours. I, I want voice to be successful. But let's not uh, say Block One knows how to build products. They are great with your IO. They don't know how to build products. Like, let's let's uh, look at the universal authenticator authentication library. As soon as it came out, it was already kind of not as good as Transit at the time. ES New York built something better than Block One. They both kind of released them at the same time. Um, that's just one instance of it. Um, you, you gave the voice example, but that, that is an issue with the roadmap is there's a lot of people that like Shintai basically built the Rex before the Rex. And then all of the wallet early wallet providers were terrified about this block one wallet that never even came out. So it, it, it's more of a perception thing. And, but you're, you're right. Ramon, where, they're not the best product developers by any means. Uh, they're, they're humans just like everyone else. And as a large corporation, they also move a lot slower than a smaller, more nimble and more hungry team, especially if they have the right product backgrounds. Yes. And I think product wise, I would say there are some great products in EOS already. Means they, they, like whatever Block One has done. Again, as I said, like, let's talk about competencies, right? Means Block One has the, one of the best layer one team. And CEO is the best. Let's accept it. But let's not say that, okay, we have to be waiting for block one to build all the products. And this is not how any blockchain would succeed. And they, they cannot do everything. And plus, I don't, like, they are still ramping up these teams. They are, they are, they are incubating these complex. Voice is a small startup within block one. It's not like, you know, this is the same as, uh, like, Google does, like, hundreds of projects, which are within Google. And they, nothing was as successful as search. So you cannot expect one company to have all the expertise in the world. So this is not like, I'm not saying anything to downgrade block on him. But what I'm saying is this is a wrong expectation to expect uh, a one set of team or one, like, you know, they are, they're not a very old team. You have to also understand that even though they made whatever money they made with ICO, but they are still a startup and uh, they have already been very, very successful with the SIO. So let's, uh, uh, let's build things. Like I think we, we can all build, much better, and we have all our uh, competencies. Like all of us have better product sense, perhaps, uh, in well, our own let's domain. Let's take the gloves off here, Ramon. You've been developing enterprise blockchain solutions as long as I've known you. You are at the forefront of enterprise blockchain. You built uh, a lot of the infrastructure that Moonlighting was using, and Moonlighting was one of the very few EOSVC projects to actually integrate with the mainnet. Uh, what are your thoughts on? Uh, I know it's still early with their approach to enterprise, but do you think that? Uh, they're going about it the right way and what tips would you have for them based on your experience and have, have they let's be honest have they reached out to you for advice on this stuff because i think um, i would say <laughs> let's see uh, i don't know first of all i have very limited understanding of what they are doing for enterprise but i know is that they, they did this CSIO for business and there are a lot of good stuff i think they were they could have done a lot more education earlier like doing this uh, uh, kind of now we have these webinars, which should have come two years ago. 
which would have been much more useful when community was hot. And, you know, as I, I keep telling, like, we were doing these webinars here locally. We were trying to create those. And we had, like, you know, like a Google developer group interested. We had hundreds of people coming to our webinar here in Silicon Valley. And we did not have any content. And now that uh, we have this content, uh, we don't have that engagement anymore because, uh, yeah, I mean, things uh, move on. People get disappointed. They don't come back easily. Uh, and uh, I cannot go bring the same community again and say hundreds of people that, oh, we failed two years ago. Now we are better. Come again. And they have moved on to something else, uh, something more shiny. So that's the challenge. So, again, now okay, coming back to enterprise, yes, we are engaged with many enterprises. We do think. EOSIO is still the best fit. When I go and give them the comparison between what can be done on Ethereum, what can be done on other blockchains, it's a no-brainer to use EOSIO. So that's pretty easy. Uh, when you say comparing with blockchain, uh, so block one has done, I, it's very tough for me to say. Like we do, they, because we, we don't know, right? Because again, it's a matter of communication. They are a private company. They do things which uh, we cannot see. Uh, but nothing public, which I have seen yet, um, like, you know, whatever we have seen publicly is not giving me great confidence that they are reaching out to real, you know, uh, enterprise who are interested in blockchain. Uh, and I think uh, definitely if, if they reach out to me and we are talking about it, we, can, we have some ideas because we have been talking to enterprise for the last two years. We have engaged and dropped projects because of either lack of funding or because of uh, not enough support at that time from, you know, Everything needs a lot of uh, care and, you know, marketing and so on. We are a small team. We cannot go and uh, keep uh, uh, chasing certain opportunities. Uh, but, yes, I think we can give them pointers with, with the kind of money they have and with the kind of intent they can bring in. Uh, sure, I think we can follow up on these. And this is where I think there is a gap in what is possible and what is, uh, uh, I think, we are not doing as a community. So if uh, Block One is interested, I don't know what their interest level is right now to help community projects. We are not actually a community project either. We are still a private company working on uh, you know, solutions. So I don't know what their ideas are on the enterprise and would love to learn and work with them. I think one of the biggest strengths that they had was the community. Um, Nathan Rempel and I, when we interviewed uh, Bart Wyatt from Block One, who's leading uh, the enterprise and blockchain as a service, like we specifically asked about a partners program because I think that could be one of the most beautiful things that Block One could do to engage with the community is to create like a global partners network with all of these talented teams, teams like yourself, Eosphere, Dublin, uh, Amsterdam, all these teams that have the right skill sets to, to benefit the entire ecosystem working together rather than kind of like living in your own little silos. And then also going back to people kind of being worried about competing with block one in some areas. Um, if uh, an independent block producer team like Eosphere or any of the other teams I mentioned, if they're fighting for the same customer as block one and they're like a large, like imagine if they're uh, able to approach like an IBM sized customer, who, 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 who's the, that company going to go to? They're probably going to go with the bigger fish if all other things are equal. And that that's just business for the most part, but there should be a way to build an ecosystem around this. I don't, I don't have the solutions, but it, I, I, when we asked Bart those questions, it sounded like he agreed that it was a good idea, but I didn't get the impression that it was in the works yet. And it, that's just one of those things that like, they can't be too slow on this. Like they've proven to be too slow on a number of things. And it, it, it's, it's, this is one of those things that they're already two years behind on one year behind on. And they, they really, I think could take advantage of the partners network. I think there's too many talented teams in this ecosystem that are willing to 
uh, put the work in and already have put the work in and have the experience. That, that, can I just All pick right. up on that? Because that, that interview and, and other interviews that you've done as well, I've noticed from Block One, you asked him how was something outside of his work stream? What were their plans? How were they going? And it's always deflected in a sort of like, oh, that's not what I deal with. I deal with this. And you've just mentioned the word silo. And I felt that Block One takes a very uh, silo approach to its work streams, which is sort of fine. But um, then when you're trying to take that sort of, I, I wonder who takes the holistic overarching view of, of what they're trying to achieve because everybody that comes in front of us talks about their work stream and, and not somebody else's. It's difficult to get that, that wider picture. That's my personal opinion anyway. I think that's quite common. Um, like Apple, they're very much siloed like that as well. From speaking to some of the developers who work on projects at Apple, they have no idea what's happening in the next department. And they're working on certain parts of the iOS API and they have no idea what the Swift UI team is working on, for example. So there is very much a siloed um, culture there when they're trying to protect their intellectual property. And I guess they've taken that approach and that could indicate that they've got something that's worth um, actually keeping a secret, which could be exciting as well. Um, so, yeah, I was, I wanted to say before um, about the, um, uh, the, some of the, the profile stuff that they're coming out with. Um, the fact that they're not releasing it or they're not talking about it could indicate that it's not like anything else that's been out there already or something else that we can all easily make. So they have, you know, obviously huge budget, as we know, and they have a large legal team. And then they've got these um, regulation things that they're trying to lobby for and get through as well. Those could be the hurdles and the blockers that they're, that, that, that are the things that are stopping them from being able to release anything they want to talk about. And it probably frustrates the crap out of them as much as it frustrates us as well. Because if we think way back to when EOSIO first launched, um, they were talking about all sorts of amazing things and decentralizing everything and um, value adders versus value extractors and, and all these things that got us all excited about EOS. And now all of that is just gone and no one's belief can change that quickly unless they were scamming us, which I don't think any of us think they were. So I would think that there's been purely legal things that have come in and meant that it's just crushed their dreams for now. And now they're really, really busting to want to get these things out. And now every time they speak up on Twitter or anything else, they just get slaughtered by everyone. Um, so now they just <laughs> muted themselves and really, really going just day by day saying, can we get this regulation approved? Can we get it approved? Can we get it approved? Because they're busting to release um, all this good news, what I think is good news anyway, um, so they can leverage and actually release products, which quite realistically, no other blockchain technology in the industry is capable of being able to deliver. Because we all know EOSIO right now is the fastest and the best and powerful in many aspects. So no one else can really compete with that. Um, but it also means that they need to keep their mouths shut because if they do tell people what they've got and then they do open source everything they've got, it gives all these other blockchains and everyone else room to just go on and, and just take all those ideas, steal with it and run with it. Um, sh shout out to uh, Joe Lewis, who I don't know if you're on this call or not because no one knows what you look like, but um, he's shared in the Everything Yo's Telegram channel. He, he um pointed out the um, government websites with the U.S. government that uh, shows the lobbyist spending. And in the last year, Block One has spent $570,000 
lobbying specifically for like FinCEN related lobbyist efforts. Like you don't get the, the, like a deep dive into what they're spending it on, but it kind of has broad categories and it's clear that they're spending their money on lobbying for uh, financial services type of efforts. And I, I think that's something that kind of goes unmentioned a lot of times. That is one good thing that they're doing. Um, what else here? Um, so let's drop, let's drop some spoilers. Uh, every, almost everyone at block one has used this financial services product in like internal <laughs> testing and like trading contest type stuff with funny money. And the one thing I've been told by almost everyone is that is it is the absolute best UX UI of any exchange product they've used centralized, decentralized stocks or crypto. It's the absolute best one they've ever used. And that's not blowing smoke. These are all people I trust. And that's something I'm looking forward to. I, I it kind of makes me salivate a little bit at the, like, I know it's just UX UI, but I think, that's something block one did early on was with their hiring efforts. Like they, they didn't hire necessarily the right people. They weren't hiring block producer, uh, ex block producer talent at the time for like the entire first year that they're hiring. But what they were hiring was like the best people in their fields. So like the best UX UI designers who might not have the appetite or passion for blockchain, but they're really, really good at what they do. And I can't wait to see this UX UI that I've heard so much about. Um, and that's, I guess, just one spoiler I can give here because I haven't seen it myself. I've only heard uh, raving things and it, it's, it's ready to go. So I'm thinking the thing that's holding it back is either little tweaks here and there or regulation. And I, I hope we see it soon. Dan teased towards the end of the year and we're at the end of the year. So how much extra leeway do they need? A month or two? Hopefully we see it. Dude, with, um, with that UX and UI, I think that's always been such a key winning feature of EOSIO that no other blockchain has. And I know we um, still complain about the onboarding and say it's a pain in the ass to onboard. It's really not. It's just that we don't have quite the right wallet journeys yet. And that the it's not nothing to do with the blockchain. It's actually the front-end technology that isn't quite connecting the dots. But it's fast. Like one of the most important things in UI and UX is speed. And I've always been a mobile developer and, you know, you've got about three seconds before you lose your, your, the um, attention of your user. So if you're waiting more than three seconds for scrolling or a spinner or something like that, they're gone, or they're going to talk about how crap your app is. And we can see that EOSIO really gets rid of that and um, allows the tech, the base technology for people to actually use it. So it makes sense that all these other things can get built on top of that. Got some new people on here. Um, what, what do you guys think of uh, Google Cloud? Uh, that, that was something that was probably the most bullish news we've got all year. And it was like a 10 minute pump and then Bitcoin crashed. And then we've just kind of been complaining about everything since then. Like I, I've, do you guys think there's more to Google or do you think that they just spun up a block producer as kind of like uh, just part of their business relationship with other unrelated things with block one? Or do you think that there's more to it that we don't know about? There's got to be more there, right? I mean, I don't think we've seen Google Cloud or Google pop up as a validator on, you know, too many, if any other, like large. Beta and Hashgraph, that's it. 
as far as I know. Brendan tweeted about how it meant something for EOS, and then he took the tweet down. So I don't know whether they made him do that, but um, <laughs> but I mean, it can't be a bad thing, can it? I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but I've mixed feelings. So I want to believe, just like the rest of us, but like <laughs> whenever, whenever, like they kicked on the block producer, they they created their wallet with with Wombat, which is fine. Wombat's great. But like they, they they didn't have like different owner active keys at first, and then they didn't have the BP.json right away. But they did get it up, and we just haven't heard that much. And lack of communication doesn't necessarily mean lack of building, but like we all crave more communication, and it, without communication, we could just speculate around <laughs> this, this little group. Also, here. doesn't it, doesn't it link into the interview that you did with Dan when he was talking about financial? And how the block producers for the financial project don't necessarily need to be the EOS block producers, and this could just be them finding their feet for that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that, that's what I was thinking. Out. It's like they're getting started to actually work on the more important financial instruments, or the more legit products coming out from Black from Block One instead of just having, um, you know, lesser known or lesser responsible block producers. I just did I this. Think Sorry. I think uh, one thing I would like to add uh, is uh, as block producers, you would, anybody looks, any project, when you're building, you're looking for MSIG candidates or like block producers are obvious choice. So bringing Google kind of people probably has that kind of benefit. It's just like giving a key to another trusted and well-known party because it's about trust. Right? A lot of people were concerned that all the China has too much of, you know, top block producers and it's like, you know, that doesn't give confidence. So I think that's all it achieves at this moment. And once Google does more, I would say that's when I would say, yes, it was useful. Otherwise, it's hardly any use if you, they are not doing anything more than just spinning up a node and nobody really doing any tools or new, new contributions from them, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I was just sharing my screen because after I did my interview last week with um, BSN, the US Nation guys and the Diffuse guys, like before we even started recording, just seeing like the vibe in the Zoom call, man, it just seemed like Alex and uh, Yaifan and Eve, like they're just like good buddies. Like they've been working closely with BSN, but then you look at who BSN's working with and you look at who, who their cloud service providers are. I mean, who else would they use besides these ones? But Google Cloud is one of them. And during Cheney and my uh, interview we did with Dan a while ago, we named off some of these companies. We named off Google Cloud, I think, uh, I forget what the other ones were, but he said, yeah, companies like that as if there were going to be more. And I, I, I don't remember where all these bits and pieces were, but it almost seems like, seemed like at the time that Google Cloud might just be the first of several more. And then you look at who the technical partners are of BSN. You see Diffuse, who's EOSIO grassroots, EOS Nation. I don't know who Daml is, but out of all of their technical partners, two out of three of them at least are, are EOSIO related. So it, you don't see people from Tezos, you don't see people from Ethereum or Neo or any or Polkadot or any of these other projects. You see that EOS is working with BSN. And uh, what Yaifan said in our interview was that they, they have this thing where they're building like a permissioned network on top of a public network. And I almost got, and he was talking about uh, CBDC blockchains and he called it specifically CBDC EOS. Um, and then you go back to CBDC has been something that's been brought up a lot. And you look up uh, one second here, I'm going to share my screen. One of the topics 
we're not even going to get to it today, but block one, they, they did a, um, like a financial, some Singapore conference last week. And one of the topics with Lee Schneider, who's the general counsel of block one, I've yet to even watch these webinars, by the way, because they're not archived. I wasn't able to catch them live, but the conversation was CBDC stable coins in the future faces of money. And it, it just seems like EOS is going to be perfectly positioned to be the public network for these other permissioned CBDC chains to kind of be built on top of. And it almost sounds like what ProFi is being described as. And I, I don't ha quite have all of the pieces put together, but I figure if I throw some crumbs out there, maybe some other people could put some more pieces together and we can get a clear answer here on what, what's kind of happening. Well, here, I'll, I'll offer a piece to the puzzles that. Let me, and I'll do it in the form of a question. What is B1 going to do with 180 megawatts in January? Megawatts? With the option to extend to 300 megawatts of electricity Wait. in their data center. In They're mining Bitcoin. Ah. They're mining. They're mining Bitcoin, as I understand. To if for people who aren't who aren't aware of the 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 magnitude of that 300 that 180 megawatts and uh, and 300 megawatts the footprint of Amazon or AWS in the U.S. is 600. So with between 30 and 50 percent of the electrical power of a data center starting in January, what's going to happen? What, 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 are they just turning that on? They're just gonna, they're, are they, are they going to start cooking cannabis? That'd be cool. What are they going to do with 180 <laughs> megawatts? I, I don't. That's still a big question mark for me. I have no <laughs> freaking clue what they're doing with the, these mining. Operations. What are they going to do? Not are everything they, relates to EOS or EOSIO as we've seen. So I think setting expectations on it, like their profit revenue models is it, here. Is I, it really? I, is it really possible? They're going to create a footprint, 30% to 50% the size of AWS, and it would have no effect on EOS. It would just be astounding. But if they're just mining Bitcoin, then how would it affect yeah, EOS? We're just, they, hey, bros, we're just mining Bitcoin over here. You know, I, I, <laughs> well, I, I think in I think in the press release, didn't it say it said something about EOSIO tech? I think maybe like how, how the mining pool distributes its Bitcoin. So like the pool makes all the, like mines all the Bitcoin, then it distributes it or does something in some way. Maybe it uses the EOSIO tech to do something like that. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't connect so the if, dots on that the, one. If the people, if, if the people are fudding now and 180 to 300 megawatts comes online mining Bitcoin, what do you think they're going to say I mean, people are going to lose their, they're going to lose their mind. They're going to lose their mind. They, they said, Brendan Bloomer's statement, as published in Business Wire, has everything it's pointing to Bitcoin mining confirmed by himself that it is Bitcoin mining. So let's not worry about what people will say. We have to all agree it is Bitcoin mining. But there are three words in the end of his statement, powered by EOSIO. Now, what does that powered by EOSIO mean? I have no clue. How can you mine Bitcoin with EOSIO? I have no idea. <laughs> so, you never heard of POW coin? <laughs> but the reason, the reason I'm saying it is to, is to basically point out that uh, I don't think there's really 
a lot of space at this at this particular moment for FUD. I mean, my, something ginormous is about to happen. My conjecture something. back when this was announced was that they were going to wrap this into a, an IPO and uh, sell ownership of of the mining farm. Just like selling gold mining stocks. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Hey, guys, here, we have 180 megawatt capacity mining. Here's our IPO. You can figure out how much it's worth, and people buy it up. And then they get they get dividends in the share of, of, of whatever the profits are of Bitcoin. Just a thought. How do you how do you power by your Sayodo? How do you, you power pay, an IPO? You, you, you pay I people. Tied you into pay the people, FinCEN products somehow. You 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 pay people. You, you make it an EOSIO uh, IPO, and you pay people in Bitcoin, wrap Bitcoin on an EOSIO chain. Uh, so many regulatory issues with that. I like. I have not seen them doing anything bold like that in the year. We're pretty excited about the wrapped Bitcoin on EOSIO for quite a long time until they went silent. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but that's one thing I hope to there. see out of the financial services product is I don't expect everything to be on the mainnet necessarily, but one of my expectations I do have is that there will be on off ramps onto and out of the mainnet. Uh, so what that means, I don't know, but hopefully that would mean tethered assets of whatever's on the FinCEN product. We know it's going to at least have Bitcoin and you would think EOS. So that's the other thing is with the financial services product. I, I'm pretty much sure that there's automated market maker components to it. What does Bitcoin have a shitload of? They've got a shitload of Bitcoin and they've got a shitload of EOS. And what is an LP in the first place? It's a, a two-sided liquidity pool with one token on one side and one token on the other side. What the f F would everyone think if Block One became one of the biggest liquidity providers of definitely Bitcoin in the world? But if they would add to the liquidity pool of EOS and Bitcoin, that, that would essentially be putting skin in the game saying, if you guys continue to dump EOS now on Bit against Bitcoin, we'll accumulate it in our LP. Or if you want to make the price of EOS go up, we're just going to decentralize our, our holdings anyway. And we'll have less EOS than we started with, but more Bitcoin, which decentralizes the network even further. That I, I don't have the answer to that, but that's uh, one of my pie in the sky dreams is that they become a liquidity provider for our two favorite tokens. They're not going to risk their Bitcoin for buying EOS. <laughs> on a liquidity oh, mine we pool. can dream, man. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Why would you do that? All right, we'll have to mark, mark this timestamp. Hopefully, <laughs> I'll be able to replay this and say code, but I, I really don't know. Yeah, just taking you back to the Singapore Singapore thing, uh, and I, I hold a bag, so I'm disclosure. Uh, Chintai, and uh, they've been uh, they've they've been with the Monetary Authority of Singapore. They've been in the sandpit for the last twelve months, so I'm 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 always hopeful that there's something coming from them. But again, it's like it's like so many things on EOS. People actually. The proper businesses and they've got like a long-term plan rather than just a, a four-week promotional period um so 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 that's one that i i keep an eye on yeah man i love i love shintai i like to follow everything they're doing they they're they seem i just hope that um they could be kind of like friends frenemies whatever you want to call it with block one i hope their relationships would probably better than what's on the surface, but if not, it doesn't really matter. I think they're, they're both going for that regulated DeFi thing. And I think 
if block one, like whenever they first announced that profile, I wish I had all, all my tweets lined up on my screen and my notes, but didn't Shani, you would remember this better than anyone. Didn't Brendan say that they were interested in like, uh, like investing in DeFi products on EOS that like met all the regulatory like compliance stuff that would fit within like the realms of profile. And he mentioned Chintai in one of the comments afterwards. Yeah, so uh, that would be a, a great like win for the community projects and ecosystems is if there's more, if they could build a better relationship than we've seen publicly. And I don't, I don't know. I don't. I think there might've been concerns about there being an existing token for Chintai. Yeah. yeah. He said EOS VC and other institutional VC groups see the compliance barriers to many prom promising projects we're facing and we're working towards solutions. Hashtag B1, hashtag EOSIO, hashtag EOS. Yeah, but hey. he, he, I'm a bag holder. He said something positive about Tinto in a tweet just a day or two after that because I remember trying to poke him on the day and he didn't reply. He doesn't reply. But uh, then a day or two later, he said something. I, I don't know what it was. But I'm hoping that the whole Singapore, Singapore seems to be you know, a hotbed for, for progress in this area, that together, you know, somehow, one or other, it's going to become good. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, Shintai went to zero? That wick. <laughs> well, I got half my bag. <laughs> uh, but no, yes, uh, somebody pressed the wrong button. But then they've done that on, on I think, on DAP as well at one point. I mean, you've, you've always got to have your low bid in. Well, the, the, the guy has nearly finished the dump. He has uh, four million left, and that's it. So he, in a month time, he is, uh, he is done. Then we'll see. I see John joined the call here. John Heater from Boyd. Hey, have you had a, what's up, man? Thanks for coming. Uh, have you had a chance to look at uh, ESIO 2.1 at all? I know it's just dropped today, so. Yeah, it looks, um, I read through the release notes. I mean, yeah, it looks very promising. I mean, obviously this is, we always forget, you know, during all the FUD, we always forget like uh, block one pumps out some incredible code honestly pretty reliably so we have to give him credit for that the the network got uh attacked somehow by if you guys saw it in the es nation channel the uh, the ddos guy like was there and saying hey here's what i'm doing look at this account basically the main that was put to a standstill for about i don't know four hours at least like just within a week and block one eve said publicly like they had 100 people on this problem and with, with overnight like everything got fixed and the mainnet was running smoothly and patched and all 21 block producers updated the, their core code. Like you would not see anything like that on any other chain. Like, like that, they get mad respect for that, for the support that they provide to the core code. I don't think anyone would ever uh, complain about that, but I saw in the jungle uh, telegram channel, everyone was getting pretty excited about a few features in 2.1. And I was just wondering if there was any of them that stood um, out to you personally as a yeah. developer. <clears throat> well, I think, um, the ability for block producers to choose how they store RAM is very interesting. So by default, right now everything is just stored actually like in the RAM of the in the RAM or in the cache of the uh, of the node. But now they have an alternative solution where you can just store all the state data on the hard drive or SSD by default. So this will make running nodes less expensive 
Um, but if a block producer was to run in this mode, that would conceivably increase the CPU cost to run transactions because it would actually like locally when running the transaction, it would probably run more slowly. <clears throat> but I assume that the block producers would not actually use this feature. At least that's the impression I get from reading that. It's more for API providers and... I think in the, in the documentation, I think it said it was like, they had one of those disclaimers that said, we don't trust this for production quite yet. And um, was that the one that they said was optimized for single node networks for like a private blockchain with a single block producer? Was that that particular You're thinking feature? of the kind of fallover feature okay. that they've added for, it's basically for having multiple multiple physical nodes behind one logical um, block producer. Mm -hmm. And they said they use that for voice. Okay. So that's interesting to have redundancy when you have a single block producer blockchain, but you have redundancy for that block producer to make it more reliable. So, so I am very happy to be here because we will see the dots connecting because for myself, I speak just for myself, myself and maybe other one in this uh, call now, there are a lot of values and there are not only monetary value, there are the code technology value is unbeatable. So EOSIO smart contract platform is just the better smart contract platform that I have never used. This is reliable and block one is providing that, they are maintaining that and they are very resilient because with this, this, this time that we are living, we are, we are forgetting, we don't speak that we have the most uh, uh, complicated situation with the economical side. And also we have the COVID, but if we abstract of the COVID, we have the economical, economical side. And they are always here and they are waking up each and every day as, as all us here in this call. So there is block one and there are us. So without block one, I think we, we cannot un undivide block one that is providing the EOSIO smart contract platform and the EOS mainnet that was launching in June 2018 by 100 people that was very bullish on the EOS mainnet. And now if you see the EOS mainnet, it's just perfect. We have on top of the EOS mainnet, a lot of solutions that are built that we don't speak. Huh? There are a lot of solutions that are built on top of the EOS mainnet. And it is very accountable to build on top of the EOS mainnet because this is the most liquidity is there that will be complicated to shut down because there is a lot of liquidity. There is no single point of failure. This is very intelligent, smart to build on top of the EOS mainnet. And the reason that the BSN and Diffuse and EOS Nation is trying the EOS mainnet, it's because that's the better public permissionless blockchain with three minutes LIB, LIB. And look, we have zero five seconds for the block time and we have three seconds on BOSS. So it's not uh, ridiculous to say that the EOS mainnet could reach an LIB of maybe fast zero five seconds. So imagine, imagine the day where the EOS mainnet is able to reach zero five seconds also for the LIB, who will not build DeFi solution on the EOS mainnet? 
because we need the speed, not only the block time, but also the last irreversible block. So for me, that's just fantastic. I, I am very uh, bullish on the news. Today, we have a beautiful news, yesterday also. And the fact that uh, Block One is building blockchain as a service, so EOSIO for business, perfect. And they are building with Google Cloud Platform. That is just the first one that is here. There will be other platform. Google Cloud Platform is fantastic platform. We can build beautiful application. There is not only uh, Azure or AWS. So uh, Google Cloud Platform is fantastic. After that, that the communication is not perfect. I think they are building, they are shut their mouth. They are building. One day, Dan Larimer will come and he will say, guys, I have solved that. And all here, we will say, whoa, that will be fantastic. So they are resilient. They are doing their job. They are reliable. And the day where they will come, we will all say, oh, we, 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 we was always thinking that would be like that. So <laughs> that they will come. I, ho I, mean, I, I hope it comes. I, I'm pretty confident it still will eventually. It's so take, taking longer than we wanted it to. One day this day will come where we're all going to just turn in from bears to bulls and be like, we told you the whole time, this is the best software, the best technology, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. It is, Never it is. It. Never it doubted is. it. Never doubted sure. it for yeah, a I mean, second. The best, the yeah, communication, the best the communication, uh, ah, something that I wanted to add after I, I shut my mouth and I go, I, I want to say something before I go. Um, when we expect a date on the things, we, we can forgive, we can forget because they have published a manifesto. Block One has published a manifesto. It's a strategic vision. They have not put a date for each step or milestone. They have put the milestone, the, the road, but it is software. It is software. When you are in the software engineering, you have a strategic vision. If you have a startup, you have to go from zero to one. And when you have reached the one, you can go to the end. So Block One is doing exactly what do an innovation, innovative company. So they cannot unbuild. They will be totally crazy if they are, uh, say, today. In one month, we will be here. In two months, we will be here. If after it is not coming, all the people, all the community will be disappointed. And now we are, with, we are disappointed because we have no date. But no date, it's normal. I have no date when I will die. Maybe I will die tomorrow. Or maybe I will die in two months. I don't know. So you have to build. You have to order your, your shit coin. But for me, EOS is a utility token. We have to hold. We have to build with that. This is not the monetary value. It is building, building. This is not... And that's, there is no foundation for EOS, for EOS, um, uh, for EOS. That's good that there is no foundation because in Switzerland, in Sug, we have Tezos. We have Ethereum, that, that is a foundation. We have uh, Cardano, the Cardano with the guy uh, with the eagle on his shoulder. You will never see Dan Larimer coming with an, with an eagle on his shoulder. He is very uh, respectable. He's a man. He, he can do sometimes failure, maybe communicate not exactly what we expected, but he say the truth. He say the facts. After that, the community, in, community interpret what he say, but what he say is exactly what is happening. He don't lie. 
or maybe sometimes, but he stays <laughs> alive as they, as, they are, as they are. So you, you cannot say, imagine, imagine Zach or imagine Cheney. You are Dan Larimer, okay? You want to solve the property right, the property life. You cannot come each and every day in the Telegram channel of everything EOS or in EOS Nation to say, we are building, we are building. No, he, he shot, he build, and he, he hear all our FUD, all our uh, complaining. So we have to be more humble. And also the EOS mainnet, that, that is an experiment. And this, is ex this experiment is going very well. That was uh, launching in June 2018, the 14th of June 2018. And now we are two half and two uh, comma uh, half a year with this mainnet. And this mainnet is bad. No, this mainnet is good. There is a lot of application built on top. After that, the EOS holders, I am not an EOS holder, so I cannot speak. I am a developer. But the EOS holders, they want to have their money. It's clear. Maybe they are disappointed because they don't know when it will come. So I have, a, I have an advice. Hold your, all your token, uh, make a slip, come in three months, and there will be something. Because if you are each every day following and expecting that the money will come, people will say, like, I don't. I mean, this is just to me. This is just meaningless. Like everything you're saying, so I'm not really getting any value out of this. So I'll give you the the, the too long. Didn't listen. <laughs> Things are ha happening in the next three yeah. months. I don't know. Does anyone else agree? Like, strong I've been hands. Three months for like uh, two years. I mean, I don't, I'm not interested in three months. I mean, it's a good question. Like the code that came out today. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what's happening right now. Exactly. The stuff that Ramon was talking about is a lot more interesting. You know, think people that are on the ground building. He's, yeah, he's sure. excited. He's, 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 he's seeing a community that's, that's, um, some, some of them a little bit in the, in, down the dumps here lately, but I, I understand. Um, Zach, what, what do we have left on the agenda we want to talk about? You want to pull that up real quick and, and see where we were? Now, while you're looking that up, I will, we'll put a shout out uh, and say that uh, uh, Crypto Writer is now doing a, a podcast, uh, trying to get a once a day out there on YouTube, and we're hopefully going to get out there uh, on, on iTunes, et cetera. Uh, we're also looking for anybody that wants to um, uh, provide a, a voiceover, some voice work. We're looking for you know some talent to get get some other people involved and and to read some of the the content out there. And then finally, uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but uh, anybody that that has or sees a need to translate, uh, we may consider that as well. So reach out to Sean, reach out to Kenny, talk to me. We'll get you hooked up. What's next, Zach? I mean, we can, we've been going for like two hours. I don't think I have any must-have topics. We could always do another show. I think if anyone wants to speak, I mean, it's, it's been the same four or five of us most of this time, so I don't want to hog too much more mic time if there's other people that want to kind of get some last words in. Well, did, um, did you guys pick up on when the, the, the Larimer interview that, that Zach did? I mean, he, he, pretty much, he pretty much gave away what the mining pool is for which the purpose is to back this msig for uh wrapping bitcoin on on eos i mean he couldn't say it but if you put together everything he was saying that was basically it because he was he's basically like um the only way to make the msig you know as secure 
to to benefit from the network um, hash rate of the Bitcoin network, you have to have um, something like around like 20% of the hash power or more of the mining pools, you know, to basically reject blocks that have MSIGs um, that are not uh, validated on the EOS network. So um, this is what I think they're doing. I think they're going to wrap all that Bitcoin that they purchased or a, a large portion of it and use their mining pool as a part of the security protocol to secure that wrapped Bitcoin. And so, that's probably related with their the financial product that, that Bloomer was hinting at as well. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just going to take that soundbite of yours right there and I'm going to go back and watch oh, my yeah, interview and I'm going to make like a little concept, Twitter so. clip for that. <laughs> if all that checks out, which I, I can't say. Well, Larimer, go back. I'm serious. Go back to I will. your interview. He explained it. Um, I don't, I, yeah. And I, he's said it a few times. He also, um, I think it was on Twitter or it might've been the interview that you did after, after B1 June, but, but yeah, he's explained this concept a few times. Yeah, that, that Bitcoin oh, he mining, it man, it's always just Yeah. Uh, go back through his history on Telegram. Yeah, and that is all the video of that Larimer. If you hear all the video that he has done, you you understand what he wants to do. Uh, he's with us. It's clear. He 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 um he he says stuff. He probably gets in trouble a lot behind the scenes. When we did the live stream, there was no less than ten people from Block One watching at <laughs> seats, getting ready to like put out fires or like release information if he released it and they weren't ready to release it and they were just ready to they're watching yeah. on themselves. <laughs> but but the concept basically is their mining pool can reject blocks that contain a transaction that they don't like well so did you see have, that some big uh i forget what node it was one of the bitcoin mining pools said like they were going to blacklist certain accounts from transacting. And then um, there's new regulation coming out. That's it, it sounds like they're trying to make it uh, almost illegal for Ethereum uh, miners to uh, process stablecoin transactions if they regulated stablecoins and required a, a money transmitter license. Like it, it all probably ties into this. Uh, yeah. And also Bloomer. Yeah. I mean, Bloomer said that, I mean, I remember, I remember he's mentioned on Twitter a few times that he, has bsv mm -hmm. or right yeah so and they're all about you know pro compliance or you know they have that whole rhetoric that you're talking about as well so i don't know if it's involved i mean i i think the thing that led to the most recent like bitcoin dip was whenever uh brian armstrong from coinbase put out that tweet thread about the uh mandatory aml for blockchain any non-custodial blockchain wallet would have to be like claimed or some kyc thing and that scared the shit out of people but it seems like if that regulation were to go through like obviously not everyone's gonna love it but it does kind of put eos in a position that they could slap on that identity layer that seems like it's been part of the plan from day one and in that tweet thread i saw ian um grig uh, talking about it. And he was one of the block one OGs building out this system. And he said like, this was something everyone's been anticipating. It's just, if it happened soon, like before the Trump administration leaves, it would happen about two years earlier than anyone anticipated. But it's something that everyone in the industry is anticipating is like a mandatory, like AML on non-custodial wallets. Hmm. Yeah. 
that's that's going to make it easier for all the institutions to come in though so that's but that's where eos so eos is the public network you have all of these institutions on their private blockchains that are hashing to main that but if they want to transact between each other their transactions happen on the public network to go from institution to institution or from bank to bank or exchange to exchange it happens on the public network that's yeah. the purpose Anyone else? Any, anything dying to get off your chest, guys? Been doing this for a long time. We could do it again sometime. So, John, um, you were talking about that mining pool, mining thing. Um, a lot of people um, ask, keep keep doubting that anything's going to go on mainnet. D just to clarify, was do you think um, Dan was talking about the mining rig back there then going to EOS mainnet? at some point or would it to be a, a private EOSIO? I don't, <clears throat> I mean, this is pure speculation, right? But if they're making their own exchange from what Brendan explained, it was like, it sounded kind of like almost like a community owned exchange where everyone gets a cut of the fees or something like that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that sounds like it would be a private chain. <clears throat> But in order to get liquidity, it would need to be, you know, properly connected it, with other it, chains, right? Is it just about liquidity or is it about not being centrally controlled? Because I think Libra had some issues with being everything centrally controlled by Facebook. Um, would a private EOSIO chain have the same um, limitations, which would push them out onto either something like EOS or they have to launch something else, which is basically doing the same thing as EOS. The thing with a private chain is that you have to have inroads and outroads. That's where the public networks come in. You can't just build in a silo on a private network. That'd be like building the internet on a LAN. Like if you don't have access to the World Wide Web, like you're just on your own little island, like there has to be connections. Like that's where the private blockchains connecting to a mainnet makes sense, like, or, or a public network it doesn't have to be mainnet. But you could have a private chain that still has bridges you and connections make... to the mainnet. And this is a, this is accountable to do so. So you might see EOS. Someone's talking about breaking up. EOS is going to be just left out of the loop. Oh, sorry. I think um, people are concerned that EOS out of the equation, but there's clearly, that's the obvious candidate to be used in many of these use cases. Yeah, I try to hold back my expectations off, yeah. because I've been overly speculative on a lot of things thinking everything was gonna happen with EOS. And it's kind of like, at this point, I, I am hesitant to always believe that everything's gonna happen on the EOS main that it's all gonna tie in somehow. I don't think everything will tie in. I think EOS IO is its own business model, but I think, there are a lot of tie-ins for, for public networks. And a, a lot of it has to do with these private chains communicating with each other. I, I just don't see many other ways to do it, especially if you're talking about value being transferred. I, I like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm rambling. I've, yeah, I mean, I, personally, I've been surprised that we haven't seen more um, IBC, like native system level IBC between all EOSIO chains, which if you asked me like a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, that seems like it would be pretty high priority. And, you know, based on the white paper and other things, that seems like 
EOS is designed, like EOS IO, the way it's the way the data is structured in the blocks is designed in such a way that you can do that. And and Boss built it, you know, based on you know a blog post from from Larimer, but their solution is not. I mean, it's not 100% there, but it's it's pretty freaking close. So I was really surprised that we just haven't heard all they've talked about is like Bitcoin IBC and that's it, you know. So I'm. You know, now How we many have applications have you seen that require uh, parallel processing and more than like 6,000 transactions per second? Like you hear about voice. Uh, Dan dropped some hints about the FinCEN product where it sounded like each order book would be its own blockchain. Uh, whenever he was talking to, I, I think, um, one of the Shintai developers that came up on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But besides those applications, which, which they do have an IBC between public or private, private, maybe a public, private combination. I don't know if they could do public, public, but how many, is there a demand for that? Like, is that, I mean, like we get this IBC, if it's base layer IBC and everyone's able to talk to each other and it's great. Is there really a use case for that yet? Exactly. Like, are we missing out on anything? I yeah. mean, just the ability to to the ability to seamlessly like move token like tokens and NFTs between chains, you know, would be nice. Like, I I don't I mean, obviously, it's hard to put a number on how valuable that is, but the idea that you could, for example, build an application that runs on EOS, but then use Telos or Wax um, for your other contracts where RAM is cheaper, and then the data that's stored on these other chains could be trustlessly swapped like cashed into eos you know when it's needed or whatever um to save costs and scale a decentralized application i mean yeah i i we can get along without it and we have all these different solutions but they all have you know various security performance trade-offs and because they're not like system level people don't know if they can trust them and all these kinds of things so i don't know maybe i've to me personally, it feels like maybe it was a missed opportunity. But it's it's more than just performance scaling, having multiple chains or IBC or joining together separate communities. If is, I would imagine use cases like for voice, for example, they might want to have one of the chains where they want to be able to prune off um, certain parts of the blockchain because anything that goes on to the blockchain is there forever. But if you have private data or you know identifiable data on there, eventually you might need to delete that. So there's a use case there to have IBC, but there's a very important use case to be able to prune or delete or remove things from there, including from the blockchain logs. So there's IBC, but not necessarily data storage. Yeah, it makes sense for um, having some chains be private, just hashing. You can only see the hash. You don't know what the data is. And then some of them being more public. That makes sense. Um, the other thing that's not really talked about is uh, working groups within block one in the community. I don't know how many there are that I'm not privy to all of them, but it's been made public that there's some sort of privacy working group going on with block one and some community teams. I could probably guess who they are, but does anyone else, has anyone else heard of any other working groups beyond the privacy working group? No, guess I'm the only one. I don't know that much about it. So I'm not going to talk to you. You mean the <laughs> privacy for enterprise? Yeah, I think it's probably for enterprise based on the people. Yeah, because about. Hyperledger has that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so there's thinking that Block One is probably looking at their competitors in the enterprise blockchain space and seeing 
you know, what do we not have that they do have? I think EVM was one of them, right? That they felt like that was missing when they were having their talks. So that's why they, they sponsored the community to do that, which I felt was a really cool program. They should do that more, right? Like mm -hmm. put up bounties for the community to build stuff for EOS. Yeah, I, th I, I said this, I forget who, uh, when I had my interview with Bart, like I would love to see, I know it's COVID, so it's hard. They did a hackathon for the COVID hackathon, but man, as soon as this stuff's over, I feel like we need just like some baller ass hackathon event, man. It's like some global conference, hackathon, everything tied together. And that'd be amazing. But uh, Dan mentioned at one point, like an X prize, like contest, where it's kind of like a longer hackathon where it's like, many teams fighting for like some giant prize to solve like uh, are any of you guys familiar enough with x prize to actually explain what it is because i'll probably fuck it up if i try it's something that netflix did no uh but i don't know it's kind of like a, a longer term hackathon where everyone's trying to solve the same problems but the prize is just so big that multiple like highly skilled teams are willing to put a lot of skin in the game to solve some of the like world's biggest problems. Like Netflix did it to, I think, optimize their suggestion algorithm. Like there was oh, like 20 different teams across the world, all fighting for this like multi-million dollar prize to make the absolute best, most accurate suggestion algorithm that could possibly be made for Netflix. Like, and that would be something cool for you. So I don't know what the game changing problem would be that they're trying to solve, but maybe if they're, maybe it could be the IBC, maybe it could be something bigger. I don't know. But I think that was something that Dan had in mind with the EVM contest. It's just the execution didn't quite look like that. It, like they announced it, it was quiet for a few, well, for a couple of weeks and Said solved it. And then a couple more teams quietly solved it. And then block one chose the winner. And then Talos deployed it, and we haven't seen anything since with EVM. So, what, what does anyone have an opinion on that? On like what's up with the EVM? Like it seems like no one's really adopted it, and it seems like if you're going to migrate a DAP and use the EVM, you're better off just rewriting the software anyway. No I think one that was a general consensus. Yeah, I mean, no one in EOSIO wants to write Solidity, and no one in the Ethereum space wants to run their code on on EOSIO, yep. right? So, sucks, yeah, and but... it's like, why don't you just rewrite it into C++ if you really want to run it on EOS? That's probably mm -hmm. much better. So, yeah, I don't, but, you know, for enterprise or whatever, they're like, oh, well, we were using this enterprise Ethereum thing. How do we run our enterprise blockchain mm -hmm. thing on EOS? Oh, well, here's, you know, a solution we have for you there. I don't know if companies are actually using that or not i guess i guess there's demand for i it. haven't seen it or heard about it yeah <laughs> so was it more of a sort of an ego project to be able to i think it was dan dan like said a long time ago you could run the entire ethereum blockchain in a single smart contract is like uh -huh. this big famous like meme quote and i i think it was more or less dan with a chip on his shoulder well, that's why he put this out because dan told me about this idea he had for a big bounty back Last November, when I was in Blacksburg for the Blocksburg conference, Dan said he had some big idea for a million dollar bounty for something. And that's what I think turned into the $200,000 Ethereum bounty. I think it was just kind of, a, I don't want to call it an ego thing, but just a, like just proving that you could run like an entire blockchain in a contract. Yeah, the well, Ethereum has all these ZK roll-up 
scaling solutions. There's, there's might, I mean, there might be six by now. And, um, you know, based on similar concepts, but with various trade-offs, you know, so it, it makes sense that you could see like an EOSIO chain running EVM as a scaling solution. But I think there's still a lot of work that has to be done in order for that to actually be usable. And it seems like no one cares or no one wants to put in the work to make it happen. So I guess there's no interest there. So you can't really run ZK rollups. You can't run that on EOS, even with an EVM, because they're so computationally intensive. Uh, there are limitations to what EVM can do and stuff like ZK rollups is one of them. But you just brought up something I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Like We saw what happened with Ethereum in the summer whenever all the gas prices went crazy. We saw what happened with the CryptoKitty stuff. I think that's what we're going to see again. Like we're, we're at the early stages of a, a bull market. Hopefully it goes for years. Hopefully it never stops, but realistically it's going to, should go at least for a year. And there's going to be a time when Ethereum is just going to grind to a halt again. And even if it's still running, it's going to be so expensive to run. And the solutions for all of these DeFi projects, they're all looking at these layer two solutions on Ethereum. But the biggest issue with the layer twos on Ethereum is that they lose one of the biggest superpowers of Ethereum DeFi is the composability. Yeah. The composability between applications, the fact that you could create a flash loan. We talked about flash loans at the very beginning of this conversation. It's basically cramming a whole bunch of transactions into a single transaction to make it all happen in, in, in one. Whenever you start moving to different layer twos, you lose the ability to have that composability. If all of the Ethereum applications have to move to layer twos, one, they're all going to move to different, different there, there's some big ones. There's ZK rollups, there's optimistic rollups, and then there's a, a few like lesser known ones, XDAI. None of them are interoperable with each other. Even uh, the same ones aren't interoperable. Uh, an optimistic rollup project can't, uh, they have no IBC or whatever you want to call it, communication with other optimistic rollup projects. So as soon as uh, the network starts congesting on Ethereum again, there's going to be two options. You're either going to have to pay the piper and pay in these exorbitant fees to continue using Ethereum DeFi with the composability that you're used to, or you're going to have to move to a layer two, which is going to lower the transaction costs. It's going to increase throughput, but you're going to lose all of the composability across the different dApps in the ecosystem. Yeah. So when that happens, EOS with a layer one that can scale faster than any other chain out there. It's just, and we're, we're building up all of this foundational infrastructure, all of these swaps, the, the EOS nation stuff, the stuff like yeah. the gravy train with a, a, like automated arbitrage and uh, things like the, the DAP account DAO and all, all this stuff being built. It's going to be primed and ready. We got EOS Finex, we've got P tokens, we've got, whatever block one's financial product is, hopefully it ties in with EOS somehow. It's just going to be primed and ready. And I think that, that there's a good chance that good things are going to happen in 2021. And like, it, it's impossible for Ethereum to not like suck. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> like you, you, when you lose the composability between the applications, like, yeah, you still got a bunch of money in there, but the, the superpower is that you could do all of this stuff and, and make them work together. And that's something that we haven't really seen from EOS yet. We don't see projects that are completely unaffiliated with each other, integrating with each other. Like we're seeing it with YFI on Ethereum. Like they're just like, 
I don't even know what you call them. They're not mergers and acquisitions, but they're basically like they're combining developer talents and skills and basically forming like a singular like vision and roadmap that aligns the, the, the roadmaps of multiple DeFi projects that they could all work together. And we're not really seeing that on EOS and you are seeing it on Ethereum. But the problem is that on Ethereum, you're not going to have composability once it gets congested again. And it, when, when the congestion happens and it doesn't stop. Yeah. And so, the shards, like the shards, the, the ETH2 concept, the kind of... The shards um, don't communicate it's either. Whole, it's going to be a whole... Yeah, it's going to be the exact same problem. And everyone is going to be on whatever shard Uniswap is on. So all the other shards are going to be like, mm -hmm. you know, empty suburbs or whatever. Everyone's going to be in the city. So... Yep. So that's all going to happen. Like, I have no doubt about it. It's going to happen. It's just how long is it going to take the migrations to happen? Other chains like EOS, Polkadot, Solana, and all these other chains. Like, how long is it going to take for the migrations to happen? And when they do, which ones are they going to choose and why? And I think if things continue to develop on EOS, Block One keeps putting out kick-ass code. Like, I, I expect, EO, like, I was expecting EOS IO 3.0 to come out this year i thought that was part of what was supposed to come out so if it's not now then i would assume it's going to come out at some point in 2021 and who knows what kind of goodies that's going to include so i i think 2021 is going to be a good year but it's still going to be a process it's going to people are going to have to for, for an eth major application to be willing to migrate to eos it's going to have to have it like kind of back to a corner i feel like but it could happen what about, like, we keep uh, looking at ETH and how they do DeFi and everyone gets profit and everything like that. That makes sense on Ethereum because it, all the transactions are expensive. But because EOS is virtually free and fast, there's a whole uh, yeah. universe of dApps which no one's really even tapped into yet or hasn't even scratched the surface that could really open up to true mass adoption in the same way the iOS app store and everything exploded. Um, but we keep wanting to replicate things we see on Ethereum instead. But there's, I well, agree 100%. Um, think about on Ethereum. It's almost like a prisoner's dilemma. For all these, any coin that you've mined on Ethereum, you have this like dilemma of like you want to take profits, but to take profits is going to cost you like 10 bucks. So you got more, more small hodlers because they have to because they can't even take a profit if they want to. Whereas on EOS, it seems like everyone's just dumps their mining profits and it's because they can. So it's like you can't try to tackle the problems in the same way because it is different. I've seen, I've seen that. So I agree with that. Um, some other differences. Uh, I, they also, what's interesting is um, governance, like chain governance on Ethereum is much different because you have to pay. Oh, is someone talking? No, they just need to mute. Um, so there's these off-chain voting solutions for a lot of Ethereum projects where you sign with your Ethereum key, but you don't broadcast it to the network. Um, and that's to us in, in EOS, we're just like, why would you do that? It costs you like nothing to put it on chain. So we might as well put it on chain. Right. So yeah, we're, we're super spoiled on this chain. And I hope that, you know, the rest of the I don't even care if the rest of the blockchain ecosystem kind of realizes that because, um, you know, this thing, this technology, it's, it's designed to scale outside of the blockchain um, echo chamber, right? We're trying to build real applications for real people. So um, it's like entertain, it's like entertaining and there's kind of like a sports 
the kind of like our team versus their team tribalism <laughs> kind of thing going on, but it's really just a distraction, to be honest. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're playing a different game. Like things like um, Pummel, is it P-U-M-L? Like that's uh -huh. yeah. The sport like, is that on? I think that's on EOS, or is it on EOS? I have a token on EOS. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that that's tracking your fitness and all these sorts of things, and all all these other apps like actual micro transactions, which we all raved about with Bitcoin many many years ago, is actually possible on EOS. Like small yep. transactions. But... Absolutely. Last week there was some issue with EOS where I can't explain it. So multi command single transactions were failing. They're basically, they're either making a profit or they were failing and they were stopping other transactions going through. And and uh, has that been resolved? No, so that, that's a feature. Uh, well, someone was spamming the network and kind of making some sort of exploit out of that. But with an EOS, EOS IO transaction, like, have you ever seen like the transactions like on some of the arbitrage where it's like 30, if you look at the traces on a block explore, it's like 31 different, like smaller transactions packed into a single one. Sure. So on, on EOSIO, whenever you make a transaction like that, say you have 31 steps to the transaction, your transaction will walk through every single step along the way off, like through the API node, not on chain. But as soon as it hits, hits a spot, like in this case, it's not profitable, like with a, a, like how Eve described the flash loan or an arbitrage trade. As soon as it's calculated that the trade's not profitable, the transaction just fails and it never shows up on the blockchain. Is, is that what you're talking about? That's a kind of like a feature yeah. to save computational but, resources of the network. It's, it's only really affecting the API nodes, which you but, could have um, many of. And, and you know, and the, you did the, I saw the video with you and Eve or FDS and Eve earlier on today talking about that. But I guess my question is, is that feature a, a weak point? Is that an attack vector? If, as per last week, people were able to bring the network to a halt by so they pat whatever it was. I, I, I'm not technical enough to know. That's one of the best features of you. It's like the DAP network relies on that feature. Like whenever you, you get that failed transaction, there's basically like kind of like an internal like error message handler, and that's actually like flips on the switch to use a DSP instead of a, a block producer endpoint. So like there's a lot of other cool stuff that's built on top of that feature, including the flash loans that Eve's, uh, Eve described last week or the other day. Can John it be can misused speak by cool others to, Can it be misused by others to bring the chain to a halt as happened last week? Should be patched. Yeah, I think- yeah, so How we'll, do you patch that question? Well, what was happening was, well, basically like when you submit a transaction to a node, it runs the transaction to make sure that it's valid if it doesn't fail, if it's a block producer and it doesn't fail, it tries to put it in a block. So the the bug that was resolved was that when it was run speculatively before it was put in a block, it was successful. But when they tried to put it in a block, it was an infinite loop or something like that. That's my understanding yeah. of that. And, and that's been sorted out by the patch that's taken place. The patch yeah. fixed it. I don't think they've done like a like summary of what the issue was. We just know that they fixed it. Like I don't know if we'll ever that, get all that's the answers. All, that's, that, that's that's the level of detail I need. So that's cool. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's fixed. And the exploiter, he was more white hat than black hat for the fact that he was like kind of like taunting. All he really wanted was one a bounty and two to talk to Dan Larimer. Those yeah. were his two requests. Like, that was great. So it was the best case scenario, I think. He every time these exploits are pointed out and they get patched, it makes the network stronger. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, fellas, is it time? <laughs> I'll Midnight. sit here all night, but... Midnight. Anyone? Uh, something that I love, uh, as beside the, the EOS IO ecosystem, is that we have this uh, DAP network. But I don't know if this is the place to, to speak about the DAP network, but for me, it's just... Uh, abstract layer where the, the developer is comfortable to, to develop because it is not uh, directly with the operating system because the EOS minnet for me is like an, operate, an, an operating system. Uh, and if you developing are developing directly in front of, of the, the operating system, you will be a little bit uh, a little bit crazy as a developer. So when you have an abstract layer middleware like uh, the DAP network, for me it's just... Uh, a perfect solution, but that's maybe another call. But uh, I, I love this uh, entire, for me, the DAP network on top of the EOSIO ecosystem and communicating with other blockchain protocol like Ethereum, like uh, Bitcoin and Solana or I'm, other uh, I'm just chomping at the bit to talk about the DAP network more. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for Edge DSPs, man. It's... Ah, Edge DSPs. Oh is, my uh, dude, I don't want to... I, I, I don't know not to, about that, but it's just. <laughs> I, I'm excited for it. Oh I, yeah, I, I can't too, I... wait to like. Right now, there's all kinds of different DSP services and packages, but with Edge yeah. DSPs, it's just one universal service. It's like buying prepaid cell phone minutes, and you get everything. And it's just uh, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've gone too long. Also, something I, uh, we say we need more communication. We need more, uh, yeah, be together, build together the, the, the trusted web. Like said, uh, for example, Sebastian van der Lans, build the trusted web together. So build EOS together. So we have to, 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 to make maybe more education also. Uh, you, you do a, a fantastic job, Zach. You are fantastic on this side. You, you are uh, merging the, 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 the troops. You are the you are fantastic for that, and yeah, if we do more, um, uh, let let's say meetups, workshops. Myself, I do workshops. Yeah, I love that. So uh, I have planned uh, six workshops on the next year, but uh, another uh, call for that. But I, I love to do uh, to educate, and maybe we have to explain the, the things. Sometimes the things are explained a little bit too much uh, into the detail, and for some people uh, that have no the no, I would say no experience with the code. They will not uh, make the um, uh, the, the neural link, the the, the 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 link. They will not understand exactly what we speak. So sometimes we have maybe to to be a little bit more abstract, explain the thing more vulgarization. I don't know like how to say that in English. Uh, make, make the things more simple abstract to, to explain to the large public what, what is exactly the EOSIO ecosystem and that we have this fantastic EOS mainnet in the center, in the middle, that is the radio station. We, we have to explain that uh, to like a movie that the, 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 the people understand that this is not only value monetary, there are also societal and technological dimension, not only the economical dimension. So uh, everyone, we have our value. So maybe we have to, to be more, uh, um, yeah, more um, 
general when we speak. That's what I try to do. I mean, I'm tech, I'm technical enough that I understand a lot of this yeah, stuff, are, but I'm not technical enough to explain <laughs> it to other people. So a lot of a lot of what I try to do whenever I like have technical oh, guests yeah. is I try to have a conversation in a way that I understand because if I understand, I assume the audience can understand yeah, too. Exactly. And it's very important to have that non-technical lens because sometimes you just get lost in the weeds and you don't see the big picture because it's just too technical for most people's minds to wrap wrap their mind the concepts are too abstract to wrap their minds around yeah you do, you do a fantastic job on this side and there are a lot of people in the io ecosystem that do each and every day a big a big uh, a big work on to uh, educate to educate the mass but um, yeah it's clear there are a lot of disappointment by the by the communities i can i i understand myself that there is a, a disappointment but um a lot of it's due to price honestly like you you, you turn price around and sentiments is gonna yeah complete three six 180 and everyone's gonna be ranting and raving about how it's the best technology best this best that we'll see it um Hopefully no, I, sooner rather than later. We've all been waiting, but I, like that. You that's... will not be here if you don't believe to EOS. You are <laughs> believing in EOS. I, I I feel that. I believe. <laughs> I've believed this whole time. Um, all right, guys. We keep having people pop off this call. I think we're gonna end it with a go EOS. If you got a drink, we could do a toast. But uh, I, I think it's time, guys. Unless anyone has one any last words, I think we're gonna end this on a three, two, one, go EOS. Right? Yeah. Three. Two, one, go! go, go, go. go. <laughs> oh, my wife, my wife. Sorry.